everyone and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast, the Nerdy Podcast, hosted by two Northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And today we're joined by another special guest. Yes, we've got a very special guest this week. <laughs> Not only the Nerd of the Month, uh, that, yeah, the and, month. and also she won the coveted prize of being the number one poster on the Facebook group by winning by so many weeks in a row which was just absolutely ridiculous uh we've got the lovely donna and she's got the mug Yay! to prove it as well hi donna how are you um so introduce myself i guess um i'm donna you probably have all seen us posting random crap on the group um i'm chairwoman of sunnycon which is a japanese anime and culture event mm. which will be in june next year and I also make random stuff like gothic and horror-themed random jewellery accessories on my Etsy, which is Luminescent Coven. It's on a slight break, but it will be up again soon. And I just guess I'm just a general geek. So. Yay! And I got some excited when you mentioned geek. Uh, yeah, my eyes, my eyes kind of lit up a bit there. But also the anime convention, I did not know that. And my husband is huge into anime. So, wow, I did not know that. I have heard of something. Did you used to be P. Lee? No, um, no, there's other events that will get mixed up within the area, but we no. used to be at Quarty Leisure Centre and then Seaburn, and now we're in Newcastle because Sunderland's too small. Oh, right. Okay. Well, let me know because I will be there, even if my husband won't be because he's he just hates people. <laughs> um, so, but I'll be there buying merch for him. <laughs> right. What are we doing today? What's the list today? So we uh, went with, I'd say, one of Donna's suggestions, and um, it was quite a fun one, I thought. Uh, Feel-good movies, which, again, wouldn't always come straight to mind, but I've actually had a blast thinking of these films, giving us good uh, childhood memories as well, so it was quite a nice one, other than thinking of scary films to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, we, this, is, this is films that make us feel good, right? Yes, yeah, that's correct, yes. I got, I got the assignment right then. <laughs> <laughs> so it could literally be anything, like I say, that puts a smile on your face so that it gives you the warm and fuzzies uh, deep inside, I believe. And just to say as well, uh, with Donna, like I say, I actually first met Donna when um, they came into the office, I don't know how many years ago now, it must have been nearly 10 when years ago, um, when I actually designed the first website for Sunnycon. So wow. claim to fame. <laughs> Did the anime you before that too? I did, yes. Yeah. Like I say, because Michael, the the lad that worked with us, really wanted to do it, but he was a bit shit, I'll be honest. So um, (laughs) just just putting it out there. (laughs) But uh, yes, so that was the first time me and Donna come interacted. But she has been an absolute star on uh, the Facebook page, which I just want to say as well. We hit 3,000 members. That is absolutely blown my mind as well. I never thought in a single. Oh wow, she has a hat! <laughs> see, she, see, Donna comes a bit more prepared than us. Oh my god, I wish I brought me kazoo now. <laughs> I was going to bring it on the chat last night with the casket. I was like, I'm totally going to bring one. Oh, that's yeah, so, awesome. I absolutely smashed it. So I was, I'm, like I see, I was a bit emotional last night. So I did get the result. Didn't think it would, but uh, I still can't get over how popular it has become. It's crazy to think like how it started, how the little brainchild started to where it is today. It's just, it's unreal. I never, I expected 
our core group, yeah, like the people who I know, I didn't expect it to go mm -hmm. as far and wide as it has done. It's just nuts. Yeah, six, six, crazy. especially 600 members from America, which just, how did they fucking find us? It's crazy. I know, nuts. and thank you, because we know <laughs> that we, we, do have, we do have American listeners as well. Mm. So thank you for listening and attempting to understand what we're seeing. Yeah. I know it can be, it might be a little bit difficult. Certainly. But yes, so I just wanted to get that out there before we started because I like I say I've been bursting with pride all day today. So so normally we do start with our guest going for the first pick, but she she's a little bit nervous, so she's decided to pass the book to me. So um I'll go with my picks. And again, I've really enjoyed thinking about these films as well, because like I say they did get warm and fuzzy thinking about them and um for the films really strangely, because I'm I'm not a very well like, I like my music, but most uh, but surprisingly all these things have big musical elements too which uh, that doesn't surprise me with you um and a lot of them have very memorable songs and the songs do relate so the first pick i'll go with today <clears throat> which again surprised me is as i've only got one cartoon in this pick which i was expecting to be a bit more um mm -hmm. i'll start with the song i'll even sing it to you you're going to get a special treat yeah now. Like so the singing and it starts out and says, there's no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. <laughs> so, do I ring, ring any bells for anyone? I have an idea, but I might be wrong. So, what, what is it? And the other, what, other song that always makes us cry when uh, Little Mouse is singing it, Somewhere Out There. Oh no! <laughs> so yes, it's Feifel Mouskowitz in American Teal, the first one, not not goes west. So wow, the story of a family, a bunch of family mouses, mices, mice, uh, Russian that travel over to America because they've been told that it's going to be perfect, no cats, and it's <sighs> gonna be, life's going to be amazing, and. Um, it's about this little cat, little mouse called Feifel, who goes on this uh, amazing journey and gets lost and loses his family, and it breaks me heart. And the Americans take to Feifel and we even call him Philly. And it's a, like I say, just a, an amazing, fun tale. And again, like I say, as a cartoon, it's not a Disney cartoon as well, um, which is surprising. I'm trying to think who made it. Um, or maybe, again, I can't remember now. Um, Amblin Entertainment, so not not too sure, but it was made in 1986, so it might be a little bit too uh, too young for. Donna might be a bit too young to remember when it first came out, but um, no, it's one of my favourite cartoons of all time. Oh my god, I really don't like this film. Really? Oh, boo! Really? Yeah, you can. I've not seen it in my life. You've not seen it, oh. right? So don't well, at least I haven't pulled that one out of the bag because that usually is what I see. I've not seen it, but I really do not like this. Um, it's because it, it's an animal movie. I don't do animal movies <laughs> at all. I hate them. Bless. So I'm, just, I'm too. I'm too sensitive. Mm -hmm. Far too sensitive. But yes, like oh, I say, yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. Like I say, the elements. Um, like I say, when they get the the Brooklyn mouse call, call them good. Hey, Philly. Hey, Philly. Philly. And then at the end, when, like I say, there's a big fire, the, uh, the, the mice are getting tricked by a cat that pretends to be a rat. Um, and it's just, like I say, quite emotional. And there's a big friendly cat. I've forgotten his name, but he's a big ginger tom. And he's, like I say, the, the campest cat you'll ever meet. And he's so lovely. So 
if you haven't watched it done it, I purely recommend that you do. So that's that's okay. my first first pitch, American Tale, and you got a song out of us as well. So there. <laughs> At least it wasn't me singing this time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no problems. So who's going next? Who's being brave? Do you want to go? I'll, I'll go next. <laughs> right. My first pick is I just, I, do you know when you, you, you've got nothing else to watch, nothing to mm -hmm. watch, you, the, you, nothing can come to your head and I just, I just need something that's not too complicated and it's just a lovely story. It's from, it's from, oh my God, I cut the date off. <laughs> oh no, it didn't. Um, it's from 2009. Mm -hmm. It stars the amazing Meryl Streep. Right. And Amy Adams. It's Julia and Julia. Pass, Julie and Julia, I should say. You've not seen Julie and Julia. Oh <laughs> my god. No, oh my god. So it's about it's about um Julie Julie. Mm -hmm. Hang on, let me get this right. Julia yeah. So about Julie, who is a she's I think she works for an insurance company just after 9-11 and her job's shit and she just absolutely, like she hates it, but she has like this lovely apartment with her, her fiance and her cat and she loves cooking. Mm -hmm. And she starts a blog um, because she's she starts, she decides to go through the cookbook of Julia Childs. Right. Now, for us UK people, Julia Childs, it might not be a well-known name. Mm -hmm. She's like a she's like a Fanny Craddocks for mm -hmm. us, um, and she goes. She, uh, Julia Childs brought um, French cooking to America, mm -hmm. and she did a cookbook on it. And Julia decides to, or Julia I should say, decides to go through the cookbook, and she blogs about it, and she gains oh. a following, and she. Um, so is it a true story? Is it? Yeah, kind of. I think so. Yeah. Um, but she, yes, it is a true story. And she, she does, it's the usual, like, kind of rom com film mm -hmm. where she ends up having a massive fight with her fiance over the fact that, you know, she's gaining notoriety mm -hmm. because of her blog. And then they fall out, get back together. But mm -hmm. she, at the end, she finds out that Julia, I think Julia knows about her. Mm -hmm. And she's so excited and finds out that she actually doesn't care. Oh. And it's heartbreaking. But it still doesn't it still doesn't discourage her mm -hmm. from continuing on. And in the end scene, she's just she's walking around a recreation because she was a television star. Mm -hmm. Very much like very early, you know, like what Ainsley Harriet used to do, just like showing like <laughs> ingredients <laughs> on a table. Yeah. This is how you make a kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there's like a studio set of a kitchen and everything. And it's just, it's such a, like, I get, I do get like the warm and fuzzies when I watch mm -hmm. it, but Meryl Streep is amazing. In it. Yeah. I, I don't think Meryl Streep's made, I could be wrong, but I don't think she's made many bad films, to be honest. Like where she's well, been you in. get, you get, it's a parallel story. So mm -hmm. you get Julie's story of a blog and then you get Julia Child's story mm -hmm. of her growing right. up and going to Paris and learning, you know, defeating the odds of, like, because she was an American in mm -hmm. Paris and, you know, the, the stereotypical French kind of yeah. stuff up behavior <laughs> because she has a very distinct voice. Mm -hmm. She, um, she would, hang on. Hello, I'm oh. Julia Childs. And that's how she would talk. And would she talk like that all the time? <laughs> um, and it's just, oh, it's just a lovely film. I do recommend, like, if it's a crappy day and you've got nothing else to watch, can't mm -hmm. recommend Julia and Julia enough. It's so good. 
such cool. a good that's my first choice no when you said Mel Streep I thought you were going to go uh, Devil Wears Prada or something along them lines but <laughs> I do I do like that film but I think my sister would literally kill me for putting that on the list she hates it I made her watch it when she stayed with us last year and she mm. hates that film so I didn't I didn't dare that's it didn't dare Cool. No, good. Like I say, I'll keep an eye out for it. It's probably passed us by, like I say, with the Coogan aspect, that's probably not been something up my street. But... No, it's not. But it's like, if you say buy your film to me, um, mm. buy your romantic comedy, mm-hmm. and I'm in the mood for it, I'm going to watch it. Like, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Cool. That's the thing, like I say, that's the main thing. If, it's, if, you, if you enjoy something, as I said, with these picks, literally it could be the scariest or even the childish thing you ever, but if it means a lot to you, it means a lot to you. Mm. So cool. So we're going for Donna's first pick now. Yep. Um, so my first pick is a 1990 movie. Right. And probably is one of my uh, favourite Christmas movies. And probably is not something you're expecting to be on my list, but it's Home Alone. Oh, wow. <laughs> Christmas never even crossed my mind. So, um, this is going to be a joint pick, because guess what's on my list? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I 100% agree with you, Donna. So, um, I'll let you tell, tell me why you like it so much first, then we'll have that conversation. So I remember watching this when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the most funniest movie I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know that's bad. Like, like, you know when he's standing on the nail and he's going up the stairs? Yeah. And, uh, like, when he sets his head alight and stuff. <laughs> the way and the funniest part, though, when he's getting electrocuted and they kind of drag it out, like, it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> that sounds really bad, but it was hilarious. Oh, no, it's that type of Let comedy. It's, it's very, like, slapstick, uh, like the Three Stooges, like the Marx Brothers type, uh, type of comedy of, of old, just mm-hmm. modern, done modern dies. But, yeah, you're right. It's absolutely brilliant. Like, Kevin uh, McAllister should have been done for manslaughter at times with the way he took, he took them robbers. It wasn't really a fair game, but... Uh, well, let's be let's be honest. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that should not have been done in that film, and a lot of arrests should have been made. And the main one goes down to the parents. <laughs> There's the starting point. I get it though. I do. This is it is a heartwarming, like mm-hmm. regardless of the that side of it. Like because you look at it that you, when you think of things like that, you're looking at their adult eyes. Like yeah, what were the parents thinking? Uh, but as a child, I totally get it. With the used, I don't know if it was the same. When you first watched that film, did you want your parents to go away and leave you? Yes. For, <laughs> just to see how you would react. I know how I would react. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would have loved it if I'd have been left alone and be up to me on devices. But I, I'm not crafty, mm-hmm. so <laughs> my my traps would have been really pathetic. Um, I think it's such a genius film as well. The fact that you've got one of at the time one of the biggest kind of mob stars mm-hmm. in a children's film like what a genius move well talk about the cast though as well like every single person in that cast was absolutely br- brilliant um it's, i'm trying to get the list up now because i can't joe pesci joe pesci um, Catherine o'hara who's yeah. one of my favorites like daniel stern who her. was yeah was a an amazing 80s actor, like I say, a lot of films mm. he was in. Um, and again, John Candy is like I say, as as a as a as a character, as like a little side thing. I think he did a, a, a favor to John Hughes. Uh, it was to Catherine O'Hara. Mm-hmm. 
it was a favour to Catherine O'Hara because they used to do, um, oh, what is it called? It's the, it's the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. They're mm-hmm. part of that clique and mm-hmm. it was a favour to her. And he, he, I don't think even he was credited for it or... Um, no, he, ne- he never got, he, he didn't get paid for it. I knew that no, was, that was... one of the facts that came out. But it was her. It was her he did the favour for because they, work, they, they worked together like with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Eugene Levy. And the, mm-hmm. they were all part of the same mm-hmm. the same little clique. Rick Moranis, Bill Murray. Yeah. Because they're all... Dan Aykroyd and you know, stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah Can- Canadian actors. They all like they all worked together and they all did favours for each other. But as well, there was a really scary, creepy element in it too. Like say that all the story when they're telling about the... the the, oh the, bit, the bin man, uh, how he killed his family and used the salt to get rid of them. That was generally terrifying, like, say, the way they told that story, especially as a kid. Um, when did you first see it, Donna? Did you see it on, like, say, at the pictures, or did you, were you seeing it on VHS? No. Um, yeah, it probably has been on VHS. Uh, I've been a kid around Christmas, so definitely not pictures. Cause no, because I, I was, yeah, I was born in 91, so. Yeah, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's not as bad as one of our guests saying that she was five when Lord of the Rings came out, because that almost broke my heart. <laughs> I was watching that the other night. <laughs> the worst thing about it, she knew much more than Lord of the Rings about more <laughs> So, yeah, that was, that was fun. But no, um... Again, I remember when I first watched it, um, I didn't get to see it at the cinemas. Uh, me and Sam likes to talk about this. It was from the guy in the car the van, van, in the van. The man in the pulls, van. It pulls up in your street and you rent a, a, a video for the weekend and he pulls up on Monday and you, you give him it back, um, oh, yeah. which, which was a great, great little service that we provided. But I remember putting it on and thinking, oh, because I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't see any trailers. Um, it was a time like before the internet, so you, there was no spoilers or anything. I didn't, know anything about Home Alone. I mean, man mm. put it on, she went, oh, I've heard this is a good Christmas film. And watching it and absolutely breaking down, like I said, it, it was every different emotion. Like you were scared, you were laughing, like cr- crying, laughing at some of the things, even the simpler jokes, like what I love, the simpler, the gags, like the micro machines and just putting that on the floor and thinking that's such a clever little thing. I had micro machines. I wanted to do that to me, dad, because... Uh, I was a bit of a twat as a kid, but uh, <laughs> and the pizza guy bit as well. That bit was hilarious. Mm. Oh, the spider and the spider's horrible as well. Uh, I have a oh, fun fact just about remember that. the pe- I'd, I'd come back to no go on. What were you going to say? Just when you said the pizza guy that done it, that that was hilarious. Where you used the videotape to scare him. Uh, yeah. What was it said? Uh, keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> So them films that you see there and that uh, they're all shot specifically for Home Alone. Obviously mm-hmm. they do not exist, but they were shot for Home Alone. But the spider, um, so obviously spiders are very sensitive creatures. Mm-hmm. They don't particularly they don't particularly like a lot of movement because if you move, they move and they react to you. They also react to sound. Mm-hmm. So they could not get him to scream <laughs> while that spider was on his face. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. Right. So what you see is mm-hmm. him pretending to scream. Right. And the scream is added in afterwards. afterwards ah. because they, and that's why he's deadly still, Bob, because they, they're very sensitive to movement. And mm-hmm. um, so if he moved, if he was actually screaming, like the mm-hmm. vibrations and everything, he would have just shot off. 
um, this, and yeah, would have so, lost a very big tarantula. Yeah, so this was basically uh, before like a lot of the protection for animals and that stuff came in because if they made that film now, they wouldn't use a real tarantula. They would, uh, like I say, either CGI in it or like I say, potentially mm. like I say, an animatronics one. I know back then they didn't have many safety guidelines with animals, so it's quite strange seeing films like I say in that aspects. Um, but brilliant pick, like I say, I, I, that was one of the ones that first, as soon as I thought about feel good movies because. At that end of that film, if you're not nearly in tears or not crying because, like, see, Kevin and his mum, he realised, like, you see, he missed her and uh, he didn't want to lose his family. It was such an emotional type of ending, and like, see, it was perfectly done. Like, say, I, I don't think John Hughes directed it, but he did wrote it though, didn't he? Chris Columbus. It Chris might be Columbus. the other way around. It might be Chris Columbus who wrote it and John Hughes who directed it, but because they did that, didn't they? They used to slip mm -hmm. back and forward Chris Columbus would write it or direct it and John Hughes would write it or direct it but mm -hmm. I've got a I've got a story for you on Home Alone when yeah. I went to go so, and see it's it. someone dead so just before no 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 one's dead <laughs> no one's dead and um, when I when I went to go and see it I ended up seeing it in the house and, and a, a, because of this mm -hmm. I was going to the cinema in the Metro Centre can you remember it yep it was uh, where yep. Weatherspoons is now I think, yeah. Yes, um, where TK Maxx is. Yep. Yep. So while we were going there, it was a Saturday afternoon. It was like unreal. Like we didn't go to the cinema at the Metro Centre. It was either Sunderland or mm. Bolton. Like, but never, never in the Metro Centre. So it was such a treat. And um, we get in, we sit down, and the film's just about to start. And all of a sudden, the lights, the lights on the side come on. And we were all evacuated for a bomb scare. <laughs> so it's it's in the 90s. It's when mm -hmm. the IRA were kind of like mm -hmm. at a high level. And there was a bomb scare in the Metro Centre in the cinema. And we had to, we had to leave. And I never mm -hmm. got to see it. Oh, bless you. You never think about that in Sunderland, like, say, or in Gateshead. In Gateshead. Um, like that type of thing to happen. But, yeah. So, but it did. Oh. <laughs> so. It did. So yeah, um, that was my little my little ditty. Cool. So anything for like home alone. I've uh, so mm -hmm. do you want to go? No, no. no, no, no. I've passed the love for that movie onto my son because um, I was watching it one Christmas and he was only a toddler, like barely walking, and I was. He doesn't normally watch movies and I was watching it and he started getting glued to it and he was sitting there in kinks of laughter. So he loves it just as much as me and we have to watch it every Christmas now. Oh, bless. I love that though, that they said, like, say, um, that you can pass that type of film down mm -hmm. to, like I said, that's, that's what a good movie is. There's certain films you can do that with, like say, Back to the Future, The Goonies, uh, maybe Stand By Me when they're a little bit older. <laughs> but it's not really, like yeah. I say, a child-friendly film to start with. But them type of things is... But, like, yet, say, but yet we watched it as a child. <laughs> yeah, but I think our kids, were, like I say, parents weren't really... I know my parents were a little bit more free with what, what I was watching. Like I say, and my auntie and uncle certainly, like I say, my, one of my first horror films was when I was about 10 or 11, watching Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was... A bit of an experience but um but yes um no i, I, I can't say anything nicer about this film it, i don't think there's anything i would change about it that's the thing <laughs> yeah not, it's still it's just so quotable as well like me mm. and my sister and even Anne still quote from here and um, mm. we've got a little pub called harry mm -hmm. and if we want to get his attention we just go harry 
<laughs> really annoys me mum to the death <laughs> but uh, he's uh, let me just start chanting I think that's a hormone too mm-hmm. I think that's yeah yeah Did, where he gets hit how, how do you feel about the remake that's coming out this Christmas <laughs> no, no, no I don't know I, I know like I said I tried watching the Turner and Hooch remake the other night and turned it yeah. off after five minutes um, but it's got the kid from Jojo Rabbit not the not the the main cast, the, his little friend with the glasses, <gasps> the, chubby, the little chubby one, he's playing Kevin. Oh my gosh, I might actually watch it. I really love mm. that. I fell in love with that kid. Yeah. I like to give everything a go before I make my mind up. <laughs> oh, certainly. Oh. I, I'll always try something, but um, like I say, if, you, if you're thinking about don't bother with uh, Turner and Hooch, the remake, Jesus, after it's... Because well, Turner Hooch is a special film anyway, but it's it's not one to go for. It, it did upset us. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, it's got a dog in it. I'll not watch it. Cool. <laughs> so, anything else you want to add there, Donna? Or are you, are you happy with that I'm pick? That, yeah. Well done. So you've made it. You've made a start. So a good first pick. So I think Donna's winning so far. So we'll give her the points so far. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we've never done a point system before, oh, I, I always do in my system. head. In my head, I'm always doing a point system. <laughs> I know, I know who wins each week, so I, I never tell you. But I don't want to start them fights. But it's always a. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, we're going to my second pick. So mm-hmm. this one isn't. It's it's really hard to describe because it's not something that I would say is. I really love it. I just don't mm-hmm. know if everyone else does. I mean, they, they might do because it did score 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And it's from 2000 and 2006. It stars Greg Kinnear, mm-hmm. Abigail Breslin, Steve Carell, Alan Arkin. Right. It's Little Miss Sunshine. Ah, so it's one that uh, one of our previous guests uh, you talked about with Kelly. Um, she, she loved that film as well. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good, but it's really hard to tell you why it's so good. Oh my God, Tony Collette's in it too. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just such a like a lovely, a lovely feeling. Like I cry my eyes out in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one specific scene that Dad, because all it's about is a little girl who is, she's not, she's not your conventional beauty pageant mm-hmm. little girl. Yes. She's she she's different. She's normal. Shall we say normal? She's normal. normal. Yes, yeah. she's normal. She's a completely normal child who just she loves the pageantry scene and she practices her heart out and she won um she she didn't actually win. She came runner up, but then the person who won in her area um got knocked knocked off a top spot. It was like a local pageant and she then gets to go to the Little Miss Sunshine contest. Mm-hmm. Um which is somewhere, I can't remember where it is, but the family have got to travel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, she's finding out she's won this. They're bringing home, Tony Collette's bringing home her brother, Steve Carell, who is recently just getting out of a psych ward because he tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Abigail's Breslin's brother, who is actually, he's got something to do with the new Batman films, I think. Right. It's him. Um, I remember the, uh, a grandfather being in, and he was a bit mental in it as well, wasn't he? Alan Arkin, he's absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, but our brother is on silent, like a, he's giving everyone the silent treatment until he can go to cadet school. Mm-hmm. 
because his mum won't let him go. Yeah. But anyways, they decide to go on this um this journey to this pageantry on a bus, and it's like just little mini adventure after little mini adventure. And Greg Kinnear mm. is an absolute dickhead in it because all he keeps thinking about is his three-point plan. Like he's yeah. got this whole pyramid scheme, and he's he's got someone, an investor who's gonna get involved in it. He proper puts his daughter down like mm. at one point, which absolutely breaks us. Um, Paul Dano. That's who plays the brother. Ah, so he was there uh, and that there will be blood. That's it. I knew he had something to do with that. So he's it playing the Riddler, so, and yeah, so yeah. He's so good in Little Miss Sunshine. And the scene that absolutely breaks my heart is when he realizes he's colorblind. Right, yeah. And he, if you're colorblind, you can't fly planes, and that's what he wants to do. Mm. And he, he just, he, because he's been silent for so long, he just. Mm. He starts shaking the boat, like shaking the car that they're in, and then he eventually just screams mm-hmm. and gets out, and it's fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she gets to the pageant, she does that amazing dance at the end with her granddad, which is totally very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't, because her granddad died. I've just remembered Alan Arkin died. I was thinking there, I was getting, I've seen this film, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, Arkin, Alan Arkin passes away during it, um, which is again another hilarious scene because they kidnap his body and take yeah. it with them. Um, but yeah, she does the routine that she that her grandfather taught her, mm-hmm. and it was a stripper routine, <laughs> <a> super freak, <laughs> which you just do not expect because you think like all she does is watch these pageantry stuff, so you're like, oh, she's clearly like learned from that. No, no. Mm-hmm. He taught her how to do a stripper dance to Super Freak, and the whole family end up joining that. And it's just, it's just lovely. It's heartwarming. It's just, mm. but there's no way. I like, I don't know how to, to tell you, like, to express yeah. it. Oh, no. I think it's one of them comedies where it's like an uncomfortable comedy as well. It's a bit like mm-hmm. uh, Napoleon Dynamite in a way, where um, right. it's the same type of feel. Um, it's even got the same type of look, like you see the camera shots and, and so on. I know it's done been a little bit quieter. Tate, is this another one that you've not seen? Yeah, I'm doing terrible because <laughs> that's three I have not seen now. <laughs> no. Um, it's, I, I do recommend it, Donna. It is, it's just, it's lovely. Like, there's yeah. no other word to describe it than it's lovely. You will fall completely head over heels for this family. Like, they're so dysfunctional. If you, <laughs> like, really. yeah. if you like the humour in Napoleon Dynamite, it is very similar type of way where it's like awkward um, with mm-hmm. Steve Carell being in it as well. It is unconventional. It's not the same type of humour that you would see in The Office or anything like that. No, it's not. That's It's a very different side to Steve Carell. It's a one that you rarely get to see because if you were a Steve Carell fan, which I am, you know, you pick mm. him up as Michael Scott yeah. and... Um, his character on Anchorman and you know yeah. Evan Almighty and it's that and, and that like that stupid. His best film has been forty year forty year, 40 year old yeah, virgin. That was the best. I That that made him that that made the Office mm-hmm. because he did forty year old version after the first season of the Office mm-hmm. and that's what helped elevate the Office. I still love that scene when actually waxed his chest because they did that real that was his real reaction and she was an actual beauty therapist and you could tell when she because if you look at the outtakes as well because they keep getting her to do it and she's looking trying not to laugh and being painful and she's just getting sworn at and sweared but it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely like comedy gold and the fact that 
actually put them through that as well because I remember at college they tried to do that to me at the Lantern Worm at the end of the uh, Shiny Row. I was not happy. It, it didn't have a nice effect on me. There was blood. I, I was not. It was not a pretty oh, no. sight. <laughs> when was this? Uh, it was probably on uh, one of the end of terms, like say when we used to go in drink the one pound bottles of. Uh, of whatever alcoholic beverage they had at that time. <laughs> My God, probably Heineken or something like that. It was, or pills or something like that. I don't know. We used um, to save up our dinner money for the rest of all week. Yeah, <laughs> for the week. Um, but yes, yeah, Steve Carell is just so different in this. It's just he's 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 funny, but not like mm -hmm. over the top, hilariously funny like he is as Michael mm -hmm. Scott. If I'm going to give like a comparison to any of these characters, he's just the complete bipolar opposite. I can't imagine story. him like that. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't so, it. yeah. For all he plays a gay man, he's so straight in it. Mm -hmm. Like very straight in it. Um he's 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 intelligent. He's mm -hmm. um he's a professor, isn't he, or something like that? He's like a lecturer. Uh, he was at like say a lecturer but I, I believe but he's one of these where it he's just had so much shit he just yeah. just he, he, if he's when he's talking, it's like you can tell he's just not doesn't give a fuck anymore. That yeah. that's the best type of I would say I would describe him as. Uh, but again, it's it, it's one of them films where it hits all the right notes at the right time. Um, but uh, I, I didn't see that one coming, so well done. So I like that pick. So well done there, Sam. Point for me. Right, who's <laughs> going next? So it's it's Donna's turn now. So Donna's right. second pick. Okay, my second pick is more of a recent one from 2017, and I absolutely love the person who's in it. You mm -hmm. probably know us, but it's the greatest showman. Ah, uh, yes. So, are you going to start singing for us? I will. <laughs> well, <laughs> <Go on then. laughs> I only watched this the other week, or the week or the month. Sorry, I only watched mm -hmm. it for the first time. I have put off and put off. It was. It's the High School Musical. Because I never watched that because I knew fine well if I did, I was going to fall in love with it. And it's just not, I don't need another musical to overtake me life. Hamilton did enough for us. Um, oh, but my friend, oh, it's so good. Um, and my friend um, convinces to watch it. And I'm not a fan of the film, but I love the songs. Mm. Yeah. The songs are phenomenal. I think a lot of people will be like that. I don't like High School Musical, I hate it. I, I stopped myself from watching it. I know you don't like people saying the hate things. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, see, it's, it's down to your preference and opinion. Um, I've never seen it. So it's one of them films that probably I won't ever... I, I've seen Greatest Showman, sorry. I've not seen High School Musical. Sorry, just get that straight. But yes, like I said, from Donna's post on uh, the Facebook group, I'm no surprised that Hugh Jackman is part of her pick. And I think this has probably got a major point of uh, the reason why you've chosen this film. Is that right? Well, I don't like it just because Hugh Jackman's in it. <laughs> I did. I remember seeing the trailer in the cinema when I was watching something and I was like, that looks really good. So I booked it and I went on release date and I was sat right at the back in the centre of the screening mm -hmm. and it's, it was packed. There was not a single seat there. And the opening scene, like when he's singing from being a child to grown up, like it literally gives us goosebumps. Like when he gets the, steals the bread and then he gets handed the apple. I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. And I just really enjoyed it. Like I came out the cinema, like feeling amazed by it. It was so mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it's one of them things where it is the American story of rags to riches, losing it and um, getting the girl at the end. Um, 
the only thing again no not in the film I'm trying to think of a name now because again I'm not a biggest fan since Dawson's Creek um, the, the last in it what's she called um, Zayda no no that, she oh, wasn't Michelle in Dawson's Williams. Creek Michelle Williams I've oh, never been a big fan yeah charity yeah I was never a big fan of her in any film that she's been into and I don't think oh, I, I, I really like her she was amazing in My Week with Marilyn. Mm. She was so good. But, um, I'd never liked Zac Efron in a single film or anything until I watched The Great Showman and then I liked him. Obviously, he's done some good stuff more recently, but before that, I hadn't yeah. liked him or anything. Yeah, I think the first one I saw him in that actually did realise he, he can be undouchey is basically, uh, was it Bad Neighbours with Seth Bad Green? Bad Neighbours, I Rogan, Except I Rogan, absolutely sorry. love that movie. This, that's when I said I said he's starting to make better choices. Yeah, because he's... up until that point, he was not making good choices. Well, he was because he was being a teen idol. It was then going from being the teenage girl fantasy transition mm-hmm. to the big film. Because a lot of uh, big Disney stars find that the hardest thing to to go from, going from child actor to big thing. But like I said, the Greatest Showman, um, his performance. When he sings next to uh, Hugh Jackman, um, I can't remember the song, but it sounds very Chili Peppers in theme. Um, when you when you hear it back, it sounds like a Chili Peppers song when they like when they're talking about like getting into business together and passing the drinks. Uh, um, to the other side. To the other side, but it, it feels like a, a Chili Peppers song. Um, well, they've got all the glasses sliding across the bar and stuff. I was singing that earlier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, it's got all the key elements. Like um, heartfelt, it, it does get emotional. Like I say, uh, it gets too involved with that. Um, like I say, the, the opera singer who takes advantage of the situation to try and get in trouble. Um, yeah, um, Jenny Lind by Rebecca, uh, she, Rebecca Ferguson. Her mm-hmm. singing in that as well. Like mm-hmm. that gives us goosebumps. Something. The thing is about this, it was overplayed. Like. Everybody overplayed these songs so badly, yeah. and I think people didn't like that. So I kind of think it took away from it a little bit. I would the love, to, yeah, I would love to see this. Singing. I would love to see this on stage. That would That's be. That's not her actually singing. That's not her singing. No, she can't sing. Um, she is in Doctor Sleep, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays um, um, the Hat. Um, oh God, what's that? Is it? At, something the hat rose the hat or something like that yeah. um, no that is not her singing it is somebody else um Didn't know which, that. yeah it's um hang on i can tell you because i had to look it up because i was when i was watching it i was like she's either really bad singing to the the, the song or that's not her singing and um, it's lauren allen who provides a singing voice Right. Yeah, sorry to shit all over that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still like the song, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, all the songs are catchy, even like I say, when um, like the Bead Lady come out um, and the end performance, like, I don't think there's a bad song in there, which again, a lot of musicals uh, can be hit or miss. Um, and I like the fact that it wasn't an all out musical as well. Like, I think certain films yeah. have made the mistake of, like, that was one of the things I didn't like about uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of uh, Baker Street, uh, was the fact that every single word that was in the film was sung, and it, it kind of detracts on the performance. Um, but no, top pick. It's one of them films where 
you think, oh, I don't want to watch it. But as soon as you start watching it, you can't stop watching it and you can pick up at any mm-hmm. point. Like I said what before, um, I would love to see a theatre performance of it. I think it would really suit being, like I say, at the Empire Theatre, seeing like all the performers come mm-hmm. out and, and that. I think it would be, like I say, a big top type performance. I saw the clip in um, in London in one of the cinemas where Hugh Jackman made a random appearance afterwards. I was like, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> well, it is interesting because that's where Hugh Jackman did start out, though, wasn't it? Because he, he, he was a, a stage uh, performer, like performed in loads of musicals. I think the big one who he st- before he got Wolverine was Oklahoma. Um, yeah. I think that was his big, uh, big standout performance before because I think they'd done an interview with Graham Norton and they got him to perform it, and he sang, and he can sing. That bloke can fucking sing as well. You don't yeah, think of it. on him. Mm. Have you ever seen the, um, the behind the scenes of the making of the film? Oh, The Great Showman. The Great Showman, yeah. So if you go on YouTube, you can find clips of it, and there's one where the bearded lady, because they, they do a sit-down rehearsal, and there's a um, the bearded lady, She she's a very shy lady. Mm-hmm. And her song is obviously a big number. And she stands behind the podium, very shy, very like, she, and she's got such a powerful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like very shy. And then all of a sudden she just bursts out from behind. The, she's got all like, there's got the, the ensemble, like some of the cast, the Hugh Jackman's there. Um, and it's more the background cast, mm-hmm. like the chorus and the, um, just in a rehearsal room. And she just bursts out from behind the, um, the music stand she's hiding under and just this flower just starts emerging in front of you mm-hmm. and all because Hugh Jackman just grabbed her hand and squeezed it mm-hmm. and kind of gave her a it's okay like you like the song you you need to remember what the song is kind of thing and um, and Hugh Jackman it just you can see on him if you look closely he's got a plaster on his nose yeah. and he's just gone through treatment for skin cancer again Mm-hmm. And he was told he wasn't allowed to sing in the rehearsals. He could do it in the film because of the time, but he needed to recuperate. He needed to relax. And when they were doing um, From Now On, he couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. So he had someone else taking his part. And he then just, you can see him just building up and building up. And then all of a sudden he just starts bursting into the song. And it's, mm-hmm. the, the rehearsal part is just unreal to watch. But there's clips of it on, um, on YouTube. To be fair, though, like I say, I'm, I'm quite happy with my sexuality, but if Hugh Jackman squeezed me, I don't know. I think I might turn from a little bit there. <laughs> Another thing about this is that um, this made me buy the first CD and DVD that I'd ever bought for years. I actually went out and oh. bought them and I drove around for like two hours in the car just to sing it. <laughs> Certainly. It's one of the things I can't remember, the last CD I bought. That, that, like I say, that takes it back now with all the downloads and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, like I say, I like that. Great showman. It is a very heartfelt, feel-good film. I have to point out as well, otherwise my dad will kill us because he will watch, right? Just because of how much I like the movie, he sent, if you can see there, he sent a great showman DVD away to get graded in a special case for us. <laughs> oh, I can make it out now. I couldn't make it out before. I could see something that had like a like a graded sticker. Was it like a like a sticker at the top or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just got a graded. He was like, since you like the movie so much, it's the only graded item I own. A random DVD. <laughs> but pretty <Sure>. cool. <laughs> I tell you what, though, have you said there's a there's a cool steelbook um, Blu-ray version of uh, the Greatest Showman. It's got like the the like the big top. Um, if you can 
if you see it, I would always recommend pick it up because it always looks quite swanky. I don't actually own it myself, but it is one of the ones I am on the lookout for. So yes, so yes, greatest showman. Anything else you wanted to add there? Is it, are you happy to move on? I'm happy to move on. Cool. So is it my pick now? Yeah. Cool. So, so the other, well, the, the other unmusical pick would have been Home Alone that we've just discussed wonderfully with um, Donna's pick as well. Mm-hmm. My other one, again, this is from 1971. So again, before I was born, but um, like I say, you know me, I like me oldies, uh, especially like I say, when the reminders of my childhood. Um, it was a Roald Dahl book originally, but they couldn't use the actual name of the Roald Dahl book because Roald Dahl didn't actually like the film. Um, it starred Gene Wilder. So come with me and you'll see a world of pure imagination. Now, this um, is one of the scariest kids' films you'll see other than The Witches from Roald Dahl because it is terrifying at times. But as a family film, and the things that you see going through this film, I absolutely adore. And I can't, like I say, not watch this film at least once once a year. Yep. I, am, I, don't, like, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> So at least we found a film that Donna's seen now, so that's always good. <laughs> Yay! So, so once again, I've picked a film that Sam doesn't like. So, so what do, don't you like about a wonderful tale about a young boy living his dreams and winning a chocolate factory? Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't particularly like the story. Right. I was never a fan of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like me. It's like me argument with the Wizard of Oz. Can't give you a really decent answer as to why I don't like it. For I don't like watching it. Just wasn't for you. But no. I can understand because, like I said, there's creepy elements. Like there is very scary elements to this. Um, like that boat ride when they're going through is absolutely fear-inducing. I remember. As a kid, I had actually re- fast forward that bit at times because it was a little bit intense. Um, mm. the, the bits when Arthur Slugworth is intimidating the kids to get them to get their everlasting gobstopper again, it is quite creepy. And then Umba Lumpers, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the Umba Lumpers. <laughs> when they come out, you know shit was going to go down. But um, like I say, they're creepy. they were creepy little bastards, but I love the elements. I love the, like I say, the story. It's, it's a story about family. My grandma Joe, the best uh, benefit cheat you'll ever know, not getting out of bed for how many years. And as soon as his son, uh, grandson wins a prize to, to get some free chocolate, oh, he can dance, he can move, he can shake it about. <laughs> his poor, poor mum, who's had a work uh, just to pay for fucking bread and cabbage soup, for them, uh, yeah. I would have been a bit pissed off there. But uh, other than that, like I said, there's elements in this that's just absolutely magical and fantastical. Yes, I did say it in that order as well. Um, <laughs> like I said, the, uh, the, 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 the fizzy lifting juice, I wanted that. I wanted to fly and, like I said, burp and, like I said, have that fun as well. The river of chocolate and all them sweets. My God, as a chubby little kid, as I wanted that so badly. <laughs> But yes, uh, like I say, because I know they did remake it a few years later with, uh, which, again, Tim Burton butchered in my eyes, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the world I've used the actual name of the book, but this one was called Willy Wonka. Um, like I say, again, 
I like I say it's it's quintessential British movie making as well. I, I think because it's got a lot of British actors of around that time that were in it, um, and the other kids you couldn't help but hate, like Veruca Salt, uh, Violet Beauregard. They were the most wrongest of the. What did Violet do? Um, Violet was the one that just wanted to keep chewing and eating, like chewing everything, and and that's enough to hate the girl. (laughs) She was quite obnoxious. Yeah, she was a twat. (laughs) Yeah, she she put it politely. She wasn't a nice person. Like I said, none of the kids had redeeming qualities. Like Augustus was just greedy. Mike TV was just this annoying little prat. Um, but like I say. And like I say, the main one, uh, Violet, uh, not Violet, um, I've got her name now. Veruca Salt. God, everyone knew that girl at school as well. Everyone I probably was that girl at school. <laughs> that's probably that's probably why you don't like it, because you, you, you relate to the, the one of the I kids that didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, I identify too much with, with Veruca Salt. <laughs> but like I say, with the songs as well, you can't think of, like I say, the film without thinking back to all the songs that was in it. And... Even them, like say, were good memes, like, cheer up, Charlie. Oh, see, <laughs> don't even get us either. Oh. The only time I've, you know, probably, again, another unpopular opinion, because he's not the most popular guy in the world right now, is when I saw Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. and he came out on stilts with a massive chandelier, swinging it around all over the place, being... The showman that he was, mm-hmm. um, doing the opening the 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 boat song. Mm-hmm. All right, the really creepy one. I heard, yeah. and it was so fucking good. <laughs> but that was when he was so fucking good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's probably the only thing I liked about it, or song wise, is him doing that version. You don't even like the golden ticket song. I've got a golden ticket. See, I'm singing all the time, you know. Golden things. This movie makes us think of being in Nana's on a Saturday, like everyone went round for like a picky tea and it was always on, like oh, every time. I love that. I love that though. Like, say, it's that's, such that's... a northeast thing, isn't it? <laughs> True, but it's that type of emotion that these type of films do bring back. Like, especially like say the ones from like a lot older, like from your childhood as well. You think about like say I can think about watching it with my granddad and me nana, and uh, watching it with like say my parents and like say uh, even at times with with my brother, some of the times when me and my brother can actually talk to each other is watching like daft films like this. Um, so I, I like that little analogy that I brought you back there. That that's that, that's basically the, the film's done the job. That's all it uh, thinks. Yeah. And, and again, at the end, it, it does the first uh, like say a little bit of a twist on a film where you think. Uh, what do you want was a bit of a dick by saying oh etc 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 you get nothing. nothing yes and then it turns out that charlie was the purest kid and passed the test and he got the keys to the uh the keys to the chocolate factory so yes it, it is emotional in every single way so yes i love it not my cup of tea not <laughs> my cup of tea and my granddad would probably be under the same same agreement as me mm. not don't like it <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. We're not going to agree on everything here, so that's fine. <laughs> no. But at this point, we're not, we don't need to agree with everything. Cool. So we're moving on to mine. Oh. My next one is a film I, I love. I know Paula will love it. Donna, I know you will love it. It has the greatest soundtrack because the soundtrack probably makes us, make, what makes me feel warm 
and fuzzy and toasty and just want to cry when it comes on. Um, it's from 1998. It only scored 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it is probably one of the biggest cult classics born. Mm -hmm. It starred, um, can't think of her name. <laughs> oh my God, why can't I think of her name? I'm looking right at her. Sandra Bullock. All right. Nicole Kidman. We're talking practical magic. All right. Don't tell me you don't not like it. No, don't not like it. I can't remember watching it. <laughs> what? I'm in the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Mm -hmm. What is what is going on? You've not seen Practical Magic. No, I, I'm sure you've picked this before. No, I have not. I thought I, I remember talking about it, but yeah. my sister, my sister, All right. Practical Magic. I did right. not pick Practical Magic. Right. You're doing one of them dodgy rule changes again. No, so it's not fine. a rule change. <laughs> My sister did Practical Magic. I right. did not. And I'm sure I said um, that last time I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my God, I thought. I honestly thought you would have seen it. I feel a bit silly now. It is so lovely. Mm. And I can't believe it got the score that it did. But yeah. it is kind of like a cult, mm. I would say a cult classic because... Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't think it did well in the cinema. I think we'll have the discussion. Like, say, I love the colours on the trailers and stuff, um, but it's one of them films that did pass me by. Um, well, it's on Prime right now. Mm -hmm. So you best go and watch it because it's the Halloween season and it's very. It's just. Be it's in a town the, I would love to live in. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more Halloween films I'll be watching this Halloween. So, it's just lovely. It's a witch story mm -hmm. that isn't too. It's not the craft. Yeah. It's not. It's like it's like the craft and hocus pocus and practical magic is right in the middle of it mm -hmm. because it's got the same vibe as Salem. I don't think it's set in Salem, but it, the the town that they live in is very Salem esque. Mm -hmm. Um, it also has obviously the craft is involved in it so you've got the the witch side um and it's just it's it's a story of two sisters mm -hmm. and i have a sister who i'm very close with yeah um and it's michaela always says that frozen is her is her sister film mm -hmm. and that's where she gets our sister you know she she loves the sister bond well practical mm -hmm. magic is that for me yeah and it's just it's beautiful because you don't just have them two sets of sisters you've then got the her daughter her Sandra Bullock's daughters who were two sets of sisters and you've mm -hmm. got their aunts as well who were played by the great Diane Weiss and Stockard Channing mm -hmm. who just look aesthetically mm -hmm. amazing wearing all the old witchy kind of clothing it's just they're absolutely fantastic I cannot recommend this enough it is so good so good. So it's a pretty much like a witches but wholesome film as well type thing. A wholesome witchy film that just brings you nothing but joy. The soundtrack alone. Because I remember, just, I, I remember the soundtrack on the thing. It was, it was every little thing you do is magic. Not that soundtrack. The actual score All that right. runs through it. The do 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 that runs through the whole film. It is just I just get I get goosebumps and I want to cry and I love it. just want to put a, a disclaimer out to all our listeners. I, I do apologise for this music that has come on this thing, my singing and Sam singing. Uh, hope it hasn't put us off. <laughs> I don't, I don't apologise. If you put up with my Jurassic Park singing last week, um, and I'm sure I've sang before on here, I'm not apologising. I love <laughs> singing the theme tunes. 
to be fair though, I was half expecting Donna to do a, a bit of a dance and matches uh, renowned for now, but uh, we'll, we'll try and see if we can get her to do it later. So that's fine. <laughs> Might be saving it. <laughs> so your, you, another one to add to your list is has to be practical magic. You've just, you've just got to at least say you've seen it. Right. Like, I don't say you have to fall in love with it just to say mm-hmm. you've seen it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly... I was going to watch it the other week actually, and uh, mm-hmm. I had a feeling that you might put that in, that like you might put that on your list. So I should watch it. I, I, wanna... I wasn't going. I wasn't going to go down the horror route because mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay away from that until we get to October. Um, saying, that, saying that though, I did take a horror movie out of my list. I did have Zombieland in there, but I thought no, nah, I'd go for something different. I think I've changed it with Willy Wonka, so Zombieland no. was originally in one of my picks. <laughs> but uh, um, as is a good choice though. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, I wouldn't. I, I don't feel. What do I feel? Yeah, you do feel pretty good about it because mm-hmm. like it's I love family. the list part. I think mean, it's not mm-hmm. great. It's so <laughs> cleverly done, um, especially for the zombie genre as well. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you don't expect that kind of cleverness from the zombie genre, mm-hmm. um, but no one just—it's just warm and it's—it's it's me. Like me, when I, I put on Instagram that I was watching it, my sister instantly texted and said, "Can you stop? It's still <laughs> summer. I do not want to be watching or thinking about autumn yet." And it's like, no, Michaela, it's no. the spooky season. It's—it's it's here. <laughs> get over it. You've got to, you've got to get used to it. Uh huh. So yeah, my my pick is Practical Magic that I have not picked before. That was the <laughs> other one. <laughs> well played. Sorry, I apologise for in, insinuating your honour there. <laughs> I have my list here, you know, but I find it's on there. I will cry. <laughs> so, so we're going on to Donna. So it's Donna's next. Donna. Pick. Yes. So is this pick number three? Is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this one has been on one of your podcasts a couple of months ago, Ooh. and I was going to take it out because of that reason, but I love it too much, and I end up switching, and I end up putting it back in. So <laughs> this is a 1993 movie with Robin Williams in, and it is Mrs. Doubtfire, and I could not put it on my list, so mm-hmm. I needed it on my list. It is a proper good feel-good movie, even though the lessons throughout isn't really the best type of lessons. <laughs> but it, it is a family film. So what so so what do you love about it? So I know we've discussed it before, so I'd like to hear what you've got to say there, Donna. Yeah. I'd say well, a lot of the comedy aspect, um, the impressions, mm-hmm. the hot dog impression. <laughs> <laughs> specifically the hot dog impression. <laughs> like just it's just everything about it, it's just that you you watch it and you can just relax watching it. And mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> One day I just had a shower and I decided to cover my face in white shaving cream and that and my boyfriend came in and I did the hello and he absolutely <laughs> <shot> himself. <laughs> That's amazing. So we have to do that one time on the past pod, pod, podcast just to see uh, just what to open do, it up with that. <laughs> see what who, whose reaction would be. There. Oh, that's cool. It is like as you said, it is a quintessential family film. Even though, as you said, it is a huge, um, like say, a comedy aspect and. Probably is one of Robert Williams' biggest films. Um, I would say, monetary-wise, I think it absolutely smashed everything it, it made. But um, it is like say, it's still, it's, oh sorry, go on, I'm interrupting. Yeah, no, it's it's basically about a, a dad wanting to spend time with his kids. That's that's yeah. basically the end. Like even though how many mistakes he's made or like say if his marriage is breaking down, it's about him loving his kids and 
there's not many films or uh, like I say stories that has that element. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, I got from that. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. As, as you said, if you're looking for a feel-good film, um, yeah. that aspect of, yeah. And like I said, the hilarity part, I still piss myself laughing when he throws stuff off Pierce Brosnan's head and said it was a drive-by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lie, madam. And they called him a loser after, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't particularly go out my way to watch it. Um, I do like it. I'm not, I can't say, you cannot say you don't not mm-hmm. like it. But I just love that it's 2021 and it's still finding audiences. Mm-hmm. Like today, like, you, you know, mm-hmm. kids are still, uh, kids are like, my friend's nieces had watched it for the first time the other day and absolutely mm-hmm. adored it. And I'm like, I just love that a film is so timeless like that. But it does have a really good message in there. Like he, he wasn't a bad dad. There was no reason for for her to take the kids away at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, he fought for it. And I just I love it. And I love um, the, the the seriousness and the comedy and how well they play side by side with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. Like I think of Robin Williams had great balance with that. Like if you look at some of his later roles as well, they were quite dark and scary, um, but also had a bit. Like I say, when he done when he done comedy, there was no one better. There was literally not many people could touch him. Like even if they go back to his Mark and Mindy days, that like I say, things he used to do was just ahead of its time. And his stand up mm-hmm. is still one. Like if you go back, I would certainly recommend checking out his stand up comedy because I would have paid any amount of money to see him live because he was mm-hmm. absolutely on fire when he was when he cracking jokes. But um, as you said, as a feel-good movie, it, it's a lot of, <laughs> no, it sounds funny, it's a lot of people's gateway to drag queens as well. So it was the first mainstream film where, uh, like I say, you saw a man in drag, which uh, wasn't yeah. very popular back in them days. Um, so, like I said, we can probably thank RuPaul's Drag Race to Mrs. Doubtfire in a way. <laughs> When they're trying to get like the hair and the wig and everything right, and they're doing the matchmaker, matchmaker fit. <laughs> I also love the um, the dinosaur bit as well. Yes, uh, when he starts like talking about the dinosaurs, and um, and that's when he gets the big break as well. So the guy kind of sees him, and then Mrs. Doubtfire becomes everyone's nana at the end, where she basically gets her own show and makes it that say a little bit of redemption as well so it was a good good choice like I say I, I love that I, like I say I've talked about Mrs. Delphi as one of my favourite comedy films as well so mm-hmm. um, I can watch it over and over again I love his brother bit, um, um, in a way sorry. drops oh, do you want to go first? no no go on <laughs> the bit where um, he's trying to rush around getting ready and he um, drops his mask at the wind on the two <laughs> kids over the road are laughing their heads off <laughs> Oh, all I was like, going to say, oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. No, 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 I keep interrupting people, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, as you said, with and he gets interviewed by that, uh, like I say, the, the uh, social worker, and that's when the mask does drop off, and he's, like I say, panicking. Yeah. But um, as Sam said before, his brother is absolutely hilarious in it. That's what I was trying to say. Harvey mm-hmm. Feinstein, Harvey Feinstein, but Feierstein, I can't say it properly, is just absolutely unreal in this. He is a massive Broadway star, and you know that I am what I am. Mm-hmm. That from he does that, and if you've ever seen the queens from RuPaul Drag Race pay homage to him at the uh, Pride Awards, 
-hmm. it is it's ginger minge Mm-hmm. can't believe I've just said that on the podcast <laughs> um, with Alyssa Edwards, Tatiana, Fifi O'Hara. It's the it's the all stars too mm-hmm. uh, cast. Some of them and oh and, and Alyssa as well. And they pay homage to him because mm-hmm. um, of obviously he's a gay activist, gay rights mm-hmm. activist, um, and he's Broadway as well. And the sing and Ginger sings that beautiful version to him, and he's just bawling his eyes out like hysterically crying it's just oh so good and i just love him in this i love his voice mm-hmm. his voice is it's very cro- like croaky and stuff but yes uh, yes uh-huh. like say as a film no no as a film i think it's one of the up there's not like say one of the be- best films in the last 20 years is it 20 it might even be longer now jesus that's how old i am <laughs> it feels like that might be even, it's, it's got to be at least 20 years old Ninety-three, just there, just nineteen ninety-three. Was it? Did you see it? Yeah, nineteen ninety-three. Yes. The year before Cobain died. That's fine. That's how I measure things. <laughs> so, so, so Sam, got the dead person in. Yes. <laughs> so, right, so, so happy with that pick. Any, any, any further, anything you want to add? Anyone? Um, only that. Um, my dad always used to sing the dinosaur bit. You know that. At you put. <laughs> yes. No. Cool. Let me just laugh now. So I'll move, I'll move on to my second from last pick. Again, it's not too musical, but there is a big song number in it that, um, like I say, is is probably one of the best things in the film. But I absolutely adore this film. I know it gets a lot of shit. It's cheesy. Um, I'll stay down the the witch's route because Sam's talked about practical magic. Uh, it's 1993. Uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. Uh, I put a spell on you, and now uh, you're mine. So yes. Haven't you picked this before? No, I've never talked about Hocus Pocus as of yet. Have you not? That was on my list earlier. This was on my list. I took it out. <laughs> no, this I is. No, no. We've, I think we've mentioned Hocus Pocus, but we've never actually picked it because it hasn't come up to think. So they say it's not a, I would, would mm. say a scary film, a horror film. It's not, a, no. I wouldn't say a comedy. Do you, know, I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm getting mixed up with The Witches. Yes. The, it was it. The Witches. That was oh, it. I had, which I actually was watching a list the other day and it was classified as a horror film. Mm-hmm. Because you, you were worried it wasn't going to, you were worried it wasn't going to fall within the horror category. And I was like, no, no, I, I, I was quite, I was quite happy with that. Even, yeah, I was quite happy with it being a horror because, like I say, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> but, um, like I say, I thought it would be a bit controversial. But no, Hocus Pocus, if you want a feel-good film, Halloween film, you can sit down. And this is where Sam will probably tell us that she doesn't like it. <laughs> I absolutely love this film. That's fine. No, I, am, I, would not be, I would not be true to myself if I did say that I did. It's just... What, what can you not like about this? And yes, that musical number where she sings, I put a spell. It's actually my wedding song as well. Oh, well. I had this on my wedding. It wasn't Bette Midler singing it, which I would have loved. Yeah. It was the Nina Simone version. But mm. yes, I put a spell on you was on my wedding song. Um, on my honeymoon, we went to Florida on Halloween and we went to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. <gasps> and the opening of the park was the Sanders' sisters coming out in front of the castle singing... Uh, I put a spell on you. Did you know what? I would what I would literally be in hysterics, like mm. crying my eyes out. Me and Carolyn are planning a trip to LA for our 40th. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and we're doing it um we're doing it close to halloween like mm-hmm. uh, close to like september and october mm-hmm. all because i want to experience disney and universal's halloween, halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, and obviously there's a lot of other stuff that I want to do in Los Angeles, all very surrounding death. But that is the, the joyful side of it is I want to do the Halloween Horror Nights and such. Oh, I, I literally will bawl my eyes out from start to finish. It is so much fun. But going back to, like I said, the Hocus Pocus element, like I said, the cast. Like I said, if you're looking for a fun cast, like as I said, Sarah Jessica Parker was absolutely beautiful. as Gorgeous. Sarah. Uh, Bette Milner, top notch as as Winifred. Kathy, uh, I can't pronounce her surname. Najimi um, as Mary Sanderson, which you don't really know her too much by name, but she's been in a lot of things that you've probably noticed Lord. around the like, like the shows. And again, um, the guy who played—I'm not going to uh, try and get his name—the guy who played Max was in one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, Erie, Indiana. I don't know yep. if he's a saint. Of course, we've seen it. Well, I have. <laughs> um, my mum's favourite, favourite thing is the Eerie Indiana, the first episode with the Top of the Foreverware. Mm-hmm. Anytime you bring up Tupperware, my mum will go Foreverware. She will correct you because my mum loved Eerie Indiana. And my mum does not do spooky things, but she loved that. Um, it also had, <laughs> what was his name? Because I didn't call him by this before. I called him something completely different. He played um, Billy... Oh, oh yes, he's he's in lots of things. Doug Jones. He was uh, Doug Jones. That's it. Yes. I never... <laughs> yeah, he was in Hellboy. But he played Billy the Butcher. Uh, like Billy the Butcher. The, that's the, it. The, the, the headless zombie. But um, it's just a fun romp. Like say, it's got like say uh, a dead a dead uh, ghost girl. It's got uh, a, a possessed cat called Binks, who was the most adorable thing. And other than Salem, the cat from Sabrina was probably my second favorite black cat. Mm-hmm. Um, like say, even like I say, the music elements, like when Sarah's, Sarah checks apart, uh, Sarah's uh, singing, Come little children, I'll take thee away. It's Yours is so- very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Yours would scare the shit out of kids. <laughs> I've done my job. That's that's the main thing. But um, as a feel-good film, it, again, it, it hits on all the right notes. It's, it's entertaining. Um, it's just fun. I, I can't describe it as enough as enough as being fun. Um, I know, yeah. like I say, we're talking a lot about. Uh, did you ever see Andy and Andy and Andy and Donna? No. Oh, now oh. you've got now you've got a TV show to download. Seriously, because you like anything creepy and kooky, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, this, this is going to be right up your street. This now this was, is. Uh, I've not heard of it. I don't think. I think we've talked about it a few times on the Facebook group. Um, like I say, it's it, come up a couple of times. Yeah, it wasn't that big. It was normally on Channel Four, I believe, and uh, when we were, yeah. like I said, kids. So you wouldn't, you weren't even born then. So don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you do, like I say, just if you've got, like I say, a dodgy box or, uh, like I say, do, do a search. I think for it's on YouTube. Actually, Donna, if you look on YouTube, I'm sure the first episode's on there to watch. Mm. It's, I think, I don't know if the whole series is, but definitely the first episode, and that'll give you an idea mm. of what mm. the show is about. Um, the the bestest part of the whole film, mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. is the location. It's set in Salem, Massachusetts, and I, the, the place I want to live more than anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, or just visit, or just, just, just go, I just want to go. Um, if well, I just, well, 
when we get Ke- when we, yeah when we get Kelly Moon on this, you're going to be very jealous of Kelly. <laughs> either one or two things are going to happen. I'm either going to fall in love and be in total awe, or I'm just going to be so jealous I walk out. It's like, <laughs> I don't think there's an in between. Um, but yeah, it, the, the location of Salem is just I think perfect. It's like another element, another character to the film. I love it. Mm. It's such a just feel good all around, and it's on Disney Channel 24-7, like, throughout the year. It's not seasonal, mm-hmm. like it used to be on Netflix. Yeah. It's on there all the time. And 4K as well on uh, the Disney Plus as well, so it looks very shiny. Yes. <laughs> get, to see, get to see all them cracks in Bette Midler's face before she turns, turns youthful again. <laughs> <laughs> But one of my favourite bits is, is uh, I know it's, it sounds even a little simple, is uh, like the devil bit, when the, the three witches think they've met Seal, uh, Satan and uh, they get all excited and then, uh, like I said, gets, they end up getting attacked by Satan's uh, little minion, the dog, that, with the little devil wings. That, that just pisses myself laughing watching at that. Just well, you know who they are, don't you? Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. It's Gary Marshall, mm-hmm. who's the brother of oh my god, what is her name? What's her name? She's massive. She's dead now, but she's massive. <laughs> Penny Marshall. <laughs> That's it, Penny Marshall. Um, who is the director of Big? Yep. And yeah, I I totally love the fact I think that I, the husband and wife. Yeah, I think that's when we talked about uh, Hocus Pocus last time is when we talked about Big. So I think that's when the last time we brought up that conversation. All right. Well, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the fact that they're doing a second one? Interesting. I'm all for it. I'm not. It's one of them films where I do think it can lend to a sequel because you don't need the same kids. You just need the the three witches. And that's that's Mm -hmm. where the the film yeah. can be brought into as long as you've got them three mm-hmm. doesn't really matter Probably, what else I, is going on because everything can be interchangeable but them are the three key elements that like say, oh, would exactly. bring interest and i loved how they released it i mm-hmm. love the fact that all three of them at the same time said yes this is true <laughs> i just loved it are you excited there donna it'll be interesting to see where they go with it mm-hmm. And what was your favourite part of Hocus Pocus? Because I know, as you said, that was on your list originally and, uh, and you took it off. I can't believe you took it off. <laughs> to be fair, I've had about 20 things on here that I've took off before I actually picked. But it's not I would as easy as you think. I, I like the same bit with the, like what they call them, the master, he's not the master, but um, mm-hmm. I also like whether on the dance floor, where she's doing a Madonna dance and <laughs> The, the pointy boobs and say, oh, who are you meant to be? And she's like, clearly Madonna. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, oh dear. But Thor, oh Thora Birch as well. Thora I Birch. was just going to say, a little, little Thora Birch is in there. They're hard to believe. Like, that just makes you like, because she's recently just been on The Walking Dead mm-hmm. as Beta. And it's like, you can't grasp your head around the fact that how old this film actually is that Thora Birch is a child. Is she Beta? Thought she that was, was beta. No, no, she was not beta. She was gamma. Sorry. Because I'm, 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 beta I'm, was the beta was Ryan. What's his face? The big guy. She was gamma. No, no, I thought that was the last from. Like, I thought she was an English. That was actor. Alpha. That's Samantha Morrison. Oh, all right. Morrison. 
Yeah, that was Alpha. Then you had Beta, who was Ryan, what's mm -hmm. his face from um, Sons of Anarchy, and Thora Birch was Gamma. All right, I didn't even realise that she was in The Walking Dead, to be honest. That's why I was She was in very long, but mm -hmm. she was in it. <laughs> but I know she's been cast in um, the new Adams Family TV show. She's going to be oh, playing. Has she? Yeah, she's going to be playing uh, Wednesday's uh, college tutor or something like that. Oh, so she's not even in Adams? No, she's not in Adams, no. You sounded oh. so disappointed there. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I love Thora Birch. Oh, she's, absolutely... she's amazing in the whole. Oh, wow. I can't believe like, I love the fact that Nick turned around and said, I'm sure I watched it at your house. I was like, yes, because I watched it all the time. Like when it finished, I would go back and watch it again. I'd absolutely love it. Yes. I found it like I was probably disturbed by it. Like it made us feel sick. I don't think I watched it more than once. <laughs> it's not a nice film to watch, but I think, like, say, if you when you get to know Sam, she had a, a little bit of a dark past <laughs> where she liked to watch scary things or things that weren't there to make it very joyous. Which again, I think the whole does its job perfectly. Where it's not a happy film at all, and it's no. about, and it's a very clever and a lot of um, like I say that people in that went on to do different things like um, the American guy oh, went in a, went a Dexter we're not going to talk about him <laughs> Lawrence yeah we're not going to mention him um, the, the police officer went into 13 ghosts she played uh, the last uh, who was in 13 ghosts uh, who was trying to help in Cyrus and again mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the lads is in Coronation Street I think as well <laughs> so they've all went on to do different things and Kieran Knightley yeah. Of Here. all people to be in a, that kind of horror element, I would never have put her in it. But like like now, I just I used to be obsessed with this film, like totally obsessed with it, to the point where I would literally watch it to rewatch it to rewatch it. Um I just absolutely loved it. Uh, there was something I was gonna say to you. We brought up 13 Ghosts. Oh, that's right. I've been watching a lot of um interviews with Skeech Ulrich and Matthew Lillard because they did the circuit recently for the anniversary of Scream. And I was listening and somebody asked him about 13 Ghosts and I know you really liked it. Mm -hmm. And he cannot wrap his brain around the fact that it's now turned into a cult film. All right. Cannot get his head around it because he knows what he signed up for when he went into that film. <laughs> and he, he, he says, I remember, I know, I knew exactly what I was going into. And you find, well, it was not going to be a great success. I just can't get my head around this 2021 and people are loving it. It's like, and I was like, it, yeah. what <laughs> it is a bit like of a cult classic, but it's, I think at its time, I know the ending's a bit shit, but other than that, it's, it is, like I say, a solid horror film and quite cleverly done. But uh, yes, like I say, we've, I know we've discussed it before, but I, I would always mm -hmm. recommend 13 Ghosts to anyone who likes horror films who hasn't seen it. It's quite a, like I say, a niche one, but it's also, like I say, a bit, a bit, a bit of fun as well, shall we say. That's what films should be, should yeah. be fun. And it doesn't probably take itself too seriously. Okay. Yes. So sorry. We probably so, took a deep dive from Hawkins Focus into the whole into thirteen ghosts. <laughs> and I just want to leave last point as well. That last in Hawkins Focus when I was a teenage boy, I absolutely loved her. The girl who, um, like I say, Max uh, mm -hmm. wanted to be with. She was Alison. Alison in that uh, when she wore the like the very Victorian dress. Wow, like I say, that was that was my teenage dreams there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Cool. Right, are we ready for my next one? Yes. 
my next one was brought up on a list that was that was sent to the Facebook group when you asked what their top their mm-hmm. top that that they can't even talk uh, films were for this list, mm-hmm. and I instantly saw it and went, yes, this is <laughs> one of my favorites, my favorite go to. God, it's just such an amazing film. Um, it's from 1982. Stars mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. Gina Davis, Laurie Petty, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. It's the League of the Own. Yes. Back is up. <laughs> and there's no crying in baseball. Um, I love this from the actual story itself, mm-hmm. from the actors. The costumes, I'm a very costumey person. I love the I love the fifties era. Mm. So this was very much yeah. up my street and um, just aesthetically to look mm. at. Oh Gina Davis is absolutely stunning in this <gasps> as well. Oh absolutely gosh. fantastic. But, that woman is flawless in this. Yeah. But this film will break your heart in about a million pieces all at, at once. Like you fall in love with them girls uh, through, through the different things, and makes like him Madonna again. I'm not a biggest Madonna fan, but she is absolutely mm-hmm. think, as Donna shows off a Madonna Madonna glove there. <laughs> 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 but um, it's it's just like I say, I know not many people like sports films and anything like that, but that's not what the film's mm, about. Yeah, it's not. If you if that's what you take from it, you're not mm. you've not watched it properly. And mm. um, it's just a very good feel good heartwarming gut-wrenching at a time like mm-hmm. there is one bit in it that rips me to pieces and it's the um when the what do you call them comes in oh what were they called man where you where they got notice of um death what are they actually called the coroner oh no no it was uh, oh uh, the telegraph where the telegraph tells, yeah Telegram, telegram, that's it, yeah. where the telegram comes in mm-hmm. and he can't find the name of it. And obviously every woman in that room, mm-hmm. his breath is held. And so, and as an audience member, so is yours. Yeah. And then they hand it to, to Betty Spaghetti and I just yeah. uh, and break. Yeah. I could I, break even thinking about it now. No, because if anyone who hasn't seen the film, it is set, like say, during wartime when the men uh, all get sent to war. And so the women... Like say as an idea to think, oh, we'll get women baseballers and like say do a league, think they'll take off. Um, but they only did one season of it. Um, or did they do more? Or no, they, they did more, but it wasn't as it wasn't as big as what the first season because the first season was basically it was a way to um, it's just a way it was just a form of entertainment to distract mm. from what was actually going on, and obviously mm. it sold for uh, war bonds as well. Mm which obviously helped the aid of the war. Um, yet it did continue on. It just wasn't as grand as what the first initial season was. Because when the boys came home, they took back their sport. Yeah. But... So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that, that, and that, as you said, as you described that scene perfectly, um, it was great because all them women had men that was well, sorry, men men <laughs> that was uh, over the over the uh, overseas fighting and no one knew um what basically what was happening and as they were going through and again I can't say enough Tom Hanks is brilliant in whatever he does I would watch it. except from Cloud Atmos I would never go through that shit again. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yes um it's, well here's the important question. 
Donna, have you seen it? As you can probably tell, and I'm an absolute terrible guest, I have not seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, a terrible, you're not a terrible guest because we can now influence you on what to watch. <laughs> Normally when I watch your podcast, I've seen most of the movies, so I've been quite unlucky on the today's. <laughs> seen it's, quite, it's quite fun though, because you actually picked this as well. You're, this is your choice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had like, I made like a little, I had like ideas in my head of things you might pick and so far none of them have caught. <laughs> that's good. Like I say, like, as we're keeping you on your toes though, that's the main thing. <laughs> this, yes. this film just, it, it means like, I just, I've had it probably on, I've had it on V. I I definitely had it on VHS because I bought it mm. when I was in America because I went to yeah. Florida last time when I was 15. So VHSs was still mm-hmm. a thing and then obviously upgraded it to DVD. And um, I just... What can you? There's nothing you can't not like about it. Yeah, again, there really isn't. The, the casting was perfect, and again at the mm-hmm. end when they got the older ladies back, and they were, like I say, they were cast so perfectly, you could tell who was meant to be who. Um, and do you know what bothers me more than anything? I always thought that that was Gina Davis and Laurie Petty as older women, just mm-hmm. in makeup. It's not. No, it's, it's their not. voices <laughs> on top of other actresses and I was like I don't know if I was disappointed or just really like holy well, shit they, like they, well. how they cast them so well uh-huh because yeah. I just thought it was prosthetic old lady makeup and I was like well, wow that makeup is impressive yeah they probably would do that now but again at the mm-hmm. time they probably thought no like I say we can do something different but um I, it is a quintessential I know he's not the biggest part in that but Tom Hanks is the star again I know it's about the women but the Tom Hanks absolutely every scene he's in is absolutely amazing going from his journey um, I might be just maybe biased because I love Tom Hanks um, <laughs> his uh, going from absolute drunken layabout to not giving a shit to actually giving it to caring and building a family with these girls as well but that's it you don't get you don't have these girls don't have motivation Mm-hmm. In way for the for the game, if Tom Hanks isn't there, because at first they're fighting against him because he's fighting against them because he really doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And then when he saw them, they work for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's just it, it's and the relationship between Gina Davis and Tom Hanks in that the chemistry is just it's not romantic. And thank God it wasn't because I love a built friendship. Like regardless who it is, I love mm. watching a friendship build. And it then too, would, it was just so special. Yeah. Laurie Petty is unreal in this film. Like mm-hmm. unreal. And, and her eyes, bloody <laughs> hell. The cut glass. The, honestly, it's Very, so blue. Yeah. So again, another one for you to watch. And I hope you do make sure potentially have this on look. But it is, like I say, a very film of its time, but it has aged well as well because I watched it quite recently. So it is a film mm-hmm. that I would certainly recommend there. But yes, definitely. Cool. So I'm going to come out here with a big list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, so. This is what the podcast is. It's not us giving our top five. It's giving you a whole new <laughs> list of films to watch. <laughs> you, you thought you were coming on Avalon? You come. You're going away with homework. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was a good pick. I like that one. Um, Good, good one. Um, your last, uh, no, no, it's your second from last pick there, Donna. Sorry. Go. Going into your second of last one, Donna. Yes, um, this one is actually also a witchy themed one. Oh. And 
1989 movie, a Studio Ooh. Ghibli movie, is Kiki's Delivery Service. Right, mm -hmm. so you're going to have to talk on this one because <laughs> I've not seen it and I'm and guessing Paul hasn't seen it either. <laughs> yeah, anime is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> I knew when you picked it, when I picked it, I should say, that you probably wouldn't have seen it. However, mm -hmm. I couldn't not put one of the their movies in my top five because I have a huge love for Studio Ghibli movies. Um, I do think that you would both really like some of their movies, especially stuff mm. like Totoro and Spirit Away. Got a little sud spout up there. <laughs> I've seen Spirit Away. Like I say, my husband's my husband is a huge anime fan, so I've seen Spirit Away. I've seen um, uh, I don't know if this is part of them, but the Howland Castle. Howland Castle, Castle, yes. That's it, it. Yes, I have seen that one. Cool. So, oh. sell us on it, Sky. Go on, go for it. Well, <laughs> I'm listening. The main character in this is actually voiced by Kirsten Dunst, oh, which is Kiki. And it's about a 13 year old young witch um, who has a talking cat called Gigi. And she has to move into. In. <laughs> <laughs> We've got lots of talking cats in this podcast. Um, so she has to move into a coastal city because she's a witch in training. It's like custom for them to move to a coastal city to, not to a coastal city, but to move and live on their own for like a whole year while they do training. Um, and while she's there, she has to learn to use her broom and fly and stuff. Um, so once she's like learned how to use her broom, she ends up setting up a delivery service while she's there. Delivering right. lots of stuff. And like everybody, she becomes a big part of the community and everybody there loves her. Mm -hmm. And um, she makes quite a few friends while she's there. But like she ends up doubting herself and her abilities. And she like becomes ill in one morning, she wakes up and she suddenly can't fly anymore. And that cat becomes <laughs> like a normal cat going out with like female cats and whatnot and suddenly can't talk to her. And she has to like relearn how to do everything and believe in herself again. It's mm -hmm. It really is a nice movie. And like, if you're feeling like ill or just like mm -hmm. stressed out or whatever, you can just stick this on, that's so good. No, it sounds cool. Like I say, I like the idea of the talking cat. And uh, when you're yeah, going I mean, like moving on to an island with Lanetta Broomstick, I was getting, okay, this sounds like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thing. Not, Not a bad thing. <laughs> Not everything's Harry Potter. I, I like oh, I like the sound of that. Hmm. So I, I do get as excited about something. I watch it. I'm not a huge anime fan, but I do watch some things. Like Cowboy Bebop will always be my favourite. With these movies, I wouldn't. You don't really need to like anime. I mean, because yeah, I mean, if you like Disney movies and stuff mm. like that, I think you yeah. would definitely like this kind of anime movies because it's 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 not it's not it's obviously it's anime, but yeah. It's not like watching like as, stuff like that. Yeah, it's not the, the animation is not as severe as an anime film, like as in the overexpressions and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I think without and again, this is going to be me sound like old man podcast here. Uh, with our age, like say difference, like say Disney was a big part of our childhood, and and, and like say they, the, the the studio Ghibli's didn't come out till later on, so it kind of passed well personally it passed me by a little bit i did hear about them and um like i say i remember there was a big craze quite a few years Master, ago wasn't it? that everyone was watching them but i was like wasn't in that group or wasn't with the people that were sharing that type of ideas so it was hard for yeah. me just to pick up and find but again i think that type of culture is so big now um especially like say with like people like young ladies or even uh lads of a certain age group that grew up with that that 
Um, it's like me talking about 80s films. Like I said, that's a big part of, like I said, my childhood. So that's what I'll always lean to. So that's something that I probably should be more broadening my horizon towards. But um, I will definitely give it a look. Like I said, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Um, so and I like, like I say, I like like cats. So I'm happy with cats. <laughs> also another uh, one called the Cat Returns. So, mm-hmm. but and um, Totoro, Totoro is a must watch and Spirited Away. <laughs> but this was 1989. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize. Think yeah, a lot of quite old. More recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did they come out over here that time, or were they big in, like, say, in the original countries that they were produced and found its That's way good. across? So, I'm not sure if that was, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not, not 100% on that. So, <laughs> I would think that I think it would be the case because it's a the I, I remember the careers and it's mm. still still there today when we do conventions. The, the amount of people um, who are dressed in anime and um, mm-hmm. Like anime, like cosplay, and that is huge. I didn't realize it was. Ma- it's massive in the northeast now. It's mm. huge. Oh. I honestly think sometimes it's overtaken the um, the nerd culture in a in a way for the northeast because it's so prevalent. Mm. It's so huge. Well, like I say, it better be because that's where Donna makes the money at the Sunnycons. <laughs> <laughs> Back when we started um, Sunnycon, not many people. Well, there wasn't many anime conventions, and not many people mm. knew of anime. They just thought it was either weird stuff or Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I, I completely agree that that was probably my first introduction. Well, second probably sport because I remember Channel Four used to play like say a, a few of the dodgy anime fil- films that were a bit more risky, uh, like two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. And like say when yeah. when you were when we were kids, like staying up watching like say the the BBC horrors and that used to be on like Friday nights. And then Channel Four used to show the risky things like used to be after uh, Euro Trash and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> used to have the anime. Uh, TV shows that we used to stop up and pretend to our parents that we were going to sleep. Sorry, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> but I see, I remember thinking, seeing what things like, I think I might be wrong, but those things that were called like Devil Man or something, or Demon Man. I remember being, but it was quite brutal and violent and, and stuff. But um, that was the only things I remember watching. But again, like I say, I'm not, I, I close my dad, I do, I have heard of these things. It's just, like I say, not something that I've went to look for, but I will give it a go because that does sound a lot well, more interesting than I was expecting. Yeah, definitely. It sounds really interesting. I mean, my husband, I I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, I fall asleep to Japanese anime. It's a, it's my relaxing time. So when I go to sleep and they'll watch, you know, because he's got a list of stuff that he keeps up to date with weekly and I go to sleep and all I can hear is just Japanese talking. And it, honestly, it's so, it's getting to the point now where it's just so soothing for us when I hear it, I get sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll, if he thinks I would like something, he will sell me hard on it. He did with Cowboy Bebop and I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, amazing. Um, what was the other one? It was with, um, it was, oh my God, he's a, he's a, he's a, Oh, that's going to bug the life out of us. I actually own it as what well in a steel it? case. It's a la carte. What's the, what's the program? Helsing. Oh, yeah. It was on the tip of my tongue. Wow. Yeah. I knew that I could remember the name of the character. Couldn't remember the title. Helsing. Paul, it is unreal. A la carte is one of the best characters ever. He is just amazing. Um, I watched Bleach for a while and I'm watching um, Last Airbender at the moment. Love yeah, 
That is good. A lot of people who don't like anime are like that, but you really don't have to get into anime to watch the yeah. studio Ghibli movies. Like, definitely mm. not. With the stuff you said, like, I definitely think is like, and a lot of it's on Netflix now too. Yeah, I know. Um, yes. Like, say one of our previous guests uh, for the Lord of the Rings, Emily. She's a huge, huge fan as well. She loves anything to do with, like, say, anime. Uh, well, like, say, Studio Ghibli. Um, she, is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I've switched between the two. I used to say Ghibli, but apparently it's Ghibli, so... <laughs> I believe she named her kitten after Ghibli as well, so... <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it is something that's on my radar now, more more than it probably was about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. so it is something that I'll probably keep an eye on. But, yeah, good good shout. You've, you've stumped both of us there, Dominic. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so are we happy to move on to my last pick? Yeah. Okay. <coughs> So, God, he clearly throat and everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> he means business. <laughs> so, the, so there's a speech I want to read for this, just because it's it's amazing. I love this film. Um, I probably didn't like it as much when I was a kid, but as I got older in my teenage years, I started relating heavily to this, <clears throat> especially with the people I grew up with, and um, having to feel like I had to fit in a certain format or certain certain type. So. I'm going to read this and again, you'll nail it straight away. So, dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy for making us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain, an athlete and a basket case, a princess and a criminal. Does this answer your question? Sincerely, The Breakfast Club. I wish I could play the song now. <laughs> so this... Wow. Yeah. So this film, relate, I related so heavily, when, not when I first saw it, mm. but I think when I watched it in college, I kind of got it more. Because mm. we, I say, especially in my age, we had to act a certain way. We weren't allowed to be as free or as um like i say liberated and enjoy the things that we do love now um we used to get the piss took out of us uh, I, I couldn't read comics with the people i used to know about with because they used to think it was a geek it was not cool but this made us feel like i could belong in any type of circle that like you didn't have to have a set, certain set of friends and when you get that message i know a lot of people take different things from it but it's absolutely like i say Stonewall, one of my favourite heartfelt films, uh, if not one of my favourite films of all time. Wow, you almost got me there, mind. <laughs> almost got me. Um, I totally get what you mean by the college thing, though, because me and Paul went to college together. And mm. my first year of college, I wasn't part, we weren't friends then. Um, and if you knew, if you, you, if you know me, this is me. Like, mm. this is me. And this has been me since I was... 15, 15 year old and in my first year of college I completely and utterly changed to fit in with a group of people who I thought I had to be and it wasn't until I went got into my second year I met Paul mm-hmm. I met my closest and dearest friend Emma mm-hmm. and Nikki and Claire and we I was accepted for exactly who I was and 
the Breakfast Club totally nails mm -hmm. because they, 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 that's that group that they have accept each other straight away. Yeah. And that was the same at college with my friends, mm -hmm. which was. Well, like I say, we all come <laughs> from different backgrounds. Like I say, at the time I was a semi-professional footballer. So I was quite like the jock uh, type aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Like I say, we had, um, like I say, Michael Dixon, who again <laughs> was like I say, the, the weird guy. Uh, we had Cootie, who was a, like I say, the strange one, Nicky's boyfriend at the time, um, Andy yep. Milson, who was just a nice guy. Um, nice guy. And like I say, all the things, I had the little weird guy in Ray Chan, who was just the most mental case, oh who, who used to get pissed after a pint Ray. of wine. We we got him drunk for the first time at the bowling alley, and you'd never experienced anything like it. Uh, but um, it was, like I say, of a time. Um, and again, this film was out in 1985. It has been replicated in any team film or team drama. Like I say, anyone that's got like a team series, I think Dawson's Creed even copied it scene for scene at one point. But um, it's been lampooned, it's been joked about, but at its heart, it is pure. It's, it's realising that you don't have to be what people expect you to be. And... Yeah. Uh, everyone's got that little bit of uh, like rebellion in them as well which again yeah. it's and again mm -hmm. the soundtrack I know we probably will do a movie soundtrack like it is one of the best soundtracks ever and that end scene like don't you forget about don't walk on. Chuck Nelson. <laughs> the only thing that annoys the life out of me is the fact that all of the Molly Ringwald um oh what's his name Estevez mm -hmm. I can't think of his Emilio Emilio Estevez, that's it. Um, all look the age that they're meant to. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Judd Nelson. It looks who about looks 40 about 40, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's just, but he is one of the most interesting characters, yet mm -hmm. does not look the age group. But yeah. it, it has so, it does like have such a resemblance to our college life. Yeah. Because we were all, for, we were this group of friends who was, you, you, we were so different. Mm -hmm. All of us, like each individual person, is so different. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy the um, the parallel to it. I think everyone, like, say, I probably don't know. I don't know, like, say, what was your childhood like? We <laughs> do you suffer any traumas <laughs> during like the Breakfast Club? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was the weird one in the corner with all the black eyes. I don't who no one talked to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to talk to you. Just to, say, just to show you about honourable mention. Oh, it's yes, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at it, trying to read it as well. <laughs> Schoolboy, but yeah, this like, again. I think what whoever you watch it, you'll get something different from it. From depending mm -hmm. on your walks of life or your point of view. Um, again, I, like I say, it's a strange one because when you when I watched it the first time, I didn't really like it because I probably didn't get it as much. But, yeah. Um, and again. One of the films I talked about not too long ago, uh, Guilty Pleasures, uh, Pitch Perfect, kind of nailed it as well. <laughs> amazing. It, that was amazing. That's a, that was a really good mix, that mind. Mm -hmm. Still one of my favourites. And their reference, The Reckless Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. So, yes, that's my pick. Again, like I said, the actors in it, as you said, like uh, Ali Shady, who was... Like I say, played at Allison was absolutely amazing. Uh, Anthony mm -hmm. Michael Hall, who again went did a brilliant films like Weird Science. Um, he was huge in the day, wasn't he? And um, like I say, the, the Dark Knight as well. <coughs> he was uh, the, the, 
Yeah, he was a, the uh, reporter who the Joker kidnaps. Oh, and Paul Gleason, who was the, like I say, Mr. Vern, who uh, played a lot of different high school teachers in the 80s as well. Um, also played think... one of the best characters ever in Die Hard, because he's just going to punch <laughs> the life out of him. He played a dick in almost everything. He's a dick in trading places. He's a dick in Die Hard. Is he in Animal House? Because I'm sure he's a dick in that oh, too. Possibly. Um, yeah, he's just... <laughs> but he is dead, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have a list of these on your wall. <laughs> no, it's just it's, unfortunately it's just you know when when facts get stuck in there, deaths get stuck in mine, and they just don't come out. And I do like to point it out. Any time someone comes on the screen, I'll be like, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely one of them movies. Or like, if you're feeling like shit, you can just put it on and relax to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it it will make you feel better. Like I say, there's films I watch when I'm poorly, like Breakfast Club, Lost Boys. Uh, Back to the Future, um, that will, like I say, perk us up uh, whenever, like I say, they are brought into conversation. So, yes, so that's my... Them? Do you... Oh, sorry, I was just no. going to say, do you have those lists where you know you are, like, you're feeling a bit met and you're, like, you, you, you know you go to films? Is them, is them yours, Paul? Um, it depends if I'm in the mood for a film or if it's just stuff I'll put on. I'll put on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, like I said, that is the go-to what I'm watching at the moment. Um, community scrubs, the stuff that, like I said, like I think someone put it the other day. It's like TV shows and films can be like a warm therapy blanket for you at times. Where oh you my can, god, absolutely! Where you can take yourself out of the situation and just put yourself, like I say, in the fantasy, which that has been my escape for a lot of things, which I absolutely wouldn't change. But yes. So oh, my last, so my last pick, without going all too sorry, is the Breakfast Club. Well, thank you for nearly making us cry. <coughs> cool. Um, <laughs> this probably is going to make me cry. My last pick. It is me, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is probably going to make me cry. It's it's from 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, cast wise, I couldn't tell you names. Um, I do know Dominic West's in it. Mm -hmm. and the guy who plays Sherlock you know the bad guy Mm -hmm. he's in it Um, it's it's an English film it's classed as a romance comedy I I, I don't I don't see that at all it's called Pride ah right yes I oh what's wrong I haven't seen it I'm just hiding (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh I have a broker Um, (laughs) So this is, it's just so heartwarming. So in the 80s, you had your miners' strike, um, which is massive for, like, a massive topic in the Northeast. Like, Mm -hmm. the mining was very prevalent here. um, And Stad went through the strike. Like, Mm -hmm. he he went through it all. And um, down south, at the same time, um, gay culture was starting to become more of a, unknown like more more out there and um, mm-hmm. obviously the AIDS epidemic was just on mm-hmm. the the verge it hadn't quite hit yet um but a, when the mining strike happened a group of gay people in London had noticed that the attention from the police had been taken away from them and had been put on these poor miners who were striking mm-hmm. And instead of reveling and gloating in the fact that for once they were being left alone, 
they decided that they would raise, do a fundraiser for a mining village mm -hmm. and help a mining village because they were living, when these guys were striking, they were living off nothing. Yeah. And that's what they did. And they picked a Welsh, they just literally randomly picked this Welsh village, contacted them and said, we want to help you in funding and raising money for yourselves while you're going through the strike. And friendship that is created through these two communities who are very very different mm -hmm. very different ways of life and um, it's just it's heartwarming it is beautiful Imelda Staunton's in it and mm -hmm. um, who when you look at her you just think very traditional English way of thinking or Welsh way of thinking mm -hmm. of life and it's not mm -hmm. very accepting people and if you didn't accept them then they were going to tell you about it. And it's mm. just, it's so beautiful to watch it. And mm. at the same time, it is very sad to know it is a true story. Mm -hmm. The main guy who is the ringleader of all this passed away. Um, he, he contracted AIDS and passed away mm -hmm. in the 80s, but he was a massive activist. Um, but there's also a character who Dominic West plays, who is um, the second person in the UK to have contracted AIDS hmm. and is still alive today. All right. Because he smokes marijuana. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and they think that that has kind of helped him in his treatment. Right, okay. But it is just beautiful. Have you ever seen it? No, I've never seen it. I know Nick loves it. Um, <sighs> but so it's, it's again, it's one of them films I, I heard about, but I never got around to watching, but I did get the premise of the film, and like I say, yeah, like I say, it was one of the ones I wish I did watch, if that makes sense. But yeah, um, it, it hits homes for a lot of a lot of things. Obviously, the mining part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, my family, yes, a few of my family members were in the mines, but for me personally, my dad wasn't, and so it didn't mm -hmm. really hit home for me. Like, obviously, yes, my family, but for like my inner circle, it did not. But Anth very heavily, like his dad was a minor. His, the, he, Anth was part of one of those kids who went who marched down to London mm -hmm. with his little banner saying, Save yeah. my daddy's job. There's a picture mm -hmm. of him in the paper. It's so cute. Right. Um, and it, so it is massive. Like the, And to know that this community who you know how much, even today, how much shit that they get, and yeah. they still put somebody else before them. Yeah. It's, it, it's just beautiful. And it, it was my friend Amy and um, the other Amy, Amy Ingram. Mm -hmm. I've got two Amy's in my life and <laughs> there's, there's Howick and there's Ingram. And Amy Ingram was the one who she always used to badger at us. You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. Please say you've watched it. Have you watched it? Every dinner time, have you watched it? And eventually I give in and watched it. And I remember being on the phone with her and just, I was in, I was in bits, mm -hmm. like absolute bits because it was, it's, it's not tears of sadness. Yeah as it was just, I can't believe that this actually happened to her and mm -hmm. you know, at a, it, at, a, at a time where you don't think that type of thing would happen as well. That's, no. that's the thing. Cause again, not to like say bring us down, but if, mm -hmm. even today the gay community is lampooned and not as accepted mm -hmm. in the world as like I say, as humans as they should be. Um, so especially yeah. back in the back in the day, it was a big uh, shift, shall we say. So 
No, it was massive. Uh, yeah. So again, it will be something that I will most likely will look into. Or I really, I really highly recommend it. It's not something that's going to like rip your soul to pieces. It actually, if anything, so it's not Hellraiser. Makes... So, so. <laughs> no, good God, no! Not going to tear your soul apart on this one. Um, and yeah. but it, it probably could mend your soul a little bit, mm -hmm. just to I don't know, just be. I want to say feel good. I mean, I even asked Anta, I was like, do you think Pride's a feel good film because of the, the topic of it? And obviously the, the the message that runs through it. And he was going, absolutely. Because when you finish watching it, you've got nothing but a smile on your face mm -hmm. because of the work that's carried out from yeah. it. No, exactly. That That is the main point of a feel good film. It it's doesn't, I, I, that's why when we were texting about it the other day, it doesn't have to be a film where you, like say, that conventionally would say as a feel-good film it's a film that makes you feel good in, 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 and, in a sense and this certainly does i mean it's just mm -hmm. there's there's some funny elements to it very funny bill nightly i just mm -hmm. remembered bill nightly is actually in it and mm -hmm. um, who i think's a closeted homosexual and mm -hmm. um, but it's never revealed mm -hmm. and the they're in Wales and the guy from Sherlock walks in and he says, um, he's obviously Welsh. He, he mm -hmm. talks in his normal Welsh accent. And Imelda Staunton says, where are you from? And he says, like a, a rival village. And she was going, oh no, <laughs> we, 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 no, no. We'll accept the gears. We will not accept people from this town. And he just looks heartbroken and she's going, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. And it's just, there's, and there's a lady who, because the, the the there's a within within the gay community they had like their own little groups mm -hmm. and the lesbians were <laughs> were kind of like outed as their own little group and there's an old lady at the end of the film going where's my lesbians at and she's just so lovely and um, it's honestly cannot mm -hmm. say nice th more nice things about this film it's I love English yeah. films mm -hmm. and English television I love English films this is one of if mm. apart from Brastoff, because I have a very personal connection to that, yeah. is very, very um special. Very to special be and to be fair, yeah, when I asked Nick about her top five favorite like heartfelt like like <coughs> feel good films, she just listed off like say Tony Curtis films, so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I can imagine it, that. It's like say different things, but yeah, no. A good pick, like say, a nice little surprise at the end there that again I would never have ca called in a million years. I was, I would have definitely said you would have had a horror film in there. So well done for no, keeping that out. No, <laughs> no, that was me. That was what I said to myself when I was thinking of them. Be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when we've when I've done all the rest of my lists, I have to be honest because I'm not I'm not going to be a showboard. Yeah. Because everyone knows I watch a lot of horror films. I had to be completely... I, I do watch a lot of shit as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> genuine crap. But when it comes to heartfelt and feel good, mm -hmm. like I couldn't put Steel Magnolias on there because I've already had it on a list before. Yeah. Um, so again, that is because it's one of my favourites. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh, man, it's mint. Um, but Brassed Off is... I didn't put it on here because I don't know if I would ever use it again and I kind of want to hold on to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone knows me from my school days, they will know I am a trombone player. Okay. And the band that plays in that movie, I played with them shortly after the film came out. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just had like a little bit of a personal connection to us, but I didn't want to use it. I can't believe I've just admitted I'm a trombone player. <laughs> oh, was anyway. there's, there's worse things to admit, though, don't worry. But yes, good pick there. So moving on to our special guest's final pick. So the, the drum roll. So what would your last pick be then? Right, um, this one is a 1998 movie featuring Adam Sandler. And oh, I yes. love this movie. It is The Wedding Singer. Oh, yes. yes! You spin me right round, baby, right round like a record You are missing the best song, Robbie oh. and Julia. <laughs> no, the, My wedding the, song is from here as well, by the way. <laughs> Now the, now the best song in the wedding singer is Somebody Kill Me Please. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still in your thunder. Donna, take it away. Tell us about the wedding singer. Go. I have where to start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest bits that I love about this is at the beginning where they've got uh, boy George singing and he starts to sing again. The guy's just like, You suck. Yeah. <laughs> just find that oh, way. The, the amazing um, Alexis Arquette. Alexis Arquette, yeah. Yes. Just, oh. Go on, Sam. He's dead. <laughs> oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know where he was in his transition at the time when he passed, but it's really sad. I love Alexis. Mm-hmm. May he rest. Um, beautiful person. Yeah, I knew, you, I knew that was coming, but yes, uh, that is just absolutely hilarious. Um, <clears throat> just the whole, like I say, the aspect of the wedding singer, that was when... And Sandman was at his best. Like I say, yeah. I know he's made some some interesting film Special. choices uh, lately, but uh, when singer is one of the best films I've seen, like, like comedy wise and to date. Um, I've got so many feelings towards it as well. So, so what, tell I do us like about... more Adam Sandler movies. I know a lot of people don't like them, but I do yeah. like most most of the stuff he's in. <laughs> Me too. I'm one of the few who love Little Nicky. I absolutely adore that film. I think it's so funny. But the the story's just so uh, it's just really sweet and cute. Just, and like um, Robbie, like when uh, got all the like kids lined up, and he gets that uh, pick the one that's sat by himself and that, and he's like dancing. And he like just puts his hands down on a bum, and then before you know it, everybody's doing the same dance. <laughs> yeah, the song that um, wait. So when Julie, no, Robbie. Is marrying what's her name? What's the other the other woman called who he's going to get married to? Linda. Linda the bitch. Linda, that's it. Yeah, the bitch. When um when they're waiting for Linda to come and he's at the front of the aisle, you can hear "Don't Stop Believing" in a string quartet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I walked down the aisle to. Was that song in that but, string quartet? Well, there's so many like say good little elements in it, like the little old lady that gives him meatballs and he doesn't have any Tupperware, so puts it in his hands and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like creepy but adorable at the same time but uh like even the cameos in it like steve buscelli is absolutely brilliant as the arsehole brother who gets drunk uh and um uh, the guy yeah, just... <laughs> and the guy who are friends uh, the creepy guy who like say watching uh robbie fall apart and saying He's losing his mind and his eyes open and I'm reaping the benefits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Lovett. <laughs> yeah, that's John Lovett. And um, the the super semi bit where he's uh what was it, self taught. Thanks very much. <laughs> I love that whole bit. Ow. <laughs> 
I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gonna have to go and watch this film. I, again, I love it. You. It's not until you talk about an Adam Sandler film that you remember how much you actually love it. To be fair, I, I, again, I, this might not sound. I'm not not an Adam Sandler. He doesn't make that film. Drew Barrymore is absolutely immense in that film. Like you can't Beautiful. help but fall in love with her. Like I say, it's just so sweet, and um, oh. she's just like I say, lovable and absolutely. She works so well with Adam Sandler as well. You could actually see them as a couple, which yeah, um, they do have great chemistry on there. And you definitely gave Glenn on that movie. Oh, what a big <laughs> bell end there! But he was a typical eighties guy, and um, it felt like say the American Psycho type of thing. You think. American, if he was in American Psycho, he would fit in with that type of crowd. He's a very Jason Bateman, isn't he? It's it's Miami Vice, mm-hmm. new money, 80s new money. Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that guy, Glennie, complete douchebag. Um, that bit on the plane where they start pushing him with the trolley <laughs> thing, and that guy gets up, he's like, "Don't you talk to Billy that way." <laughs> oh my God, there's idols in it as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, our, our passengers in third first class get to pretty much do exactly what they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he's sitting telling them the story, and every one of them is just glued to what mm. he's actually saying. It's so good. Yeah, when um, when they're all just like, "No way." <laughs> <laughs> Um, what? Who else is in it? What's her name? Adam Sandler's wife or ex-wife? Um, a best friend. Oh. Eee, what's her name? Is it Christine Taylor? Yeah, Christine Taylor. Yeah. yeah she, oh, she. I like her. She's very eighties. Yeah. Well, they always do have like say the, the Adam Sandler cast, like say his little buddies that's in every film uh, he yeah. does. Um, but they always make good cameos. Like, see, I loved his uh, his best friend, the limo driver, who kept on like wearing Michael Jackson outfits and stuff like that during it. But like, it being quite weird. But um, and Holly had like the Madonna fashion as well, bringing Madonna yes. back into it. <laughs> yeah, the the jelly bracelets, like the rubber bracelets, the big hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when they're back in the club as well. Because this was Adam Sandler hitting the big time as well. Because um, before yeah. this, I think it was Adam, like uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and then the wedding mm. singer came out and he exploded. And then we got like say little Nicky. Uh, was a Big Daddy before that as well. Because Big Daddy was one of it his. It was favorites. around about that time because he was literally just it was one after the other, wasn't it? Mm. Um, when he, it's what he's doing now, really on Netflix. He was well up until recently just doing mm. one after the other. Mm. Quite honestly, you're gonna. In any one of Adam Sandler's films, you are going to find something mm-hmm. enjoyable about it. Yeah. Because he's just, he's un- unapologetic about how stupid he can actually be. Certainly. Are you all right been, there, Paul? Yep, just been attacked. Hello, baby. There she is. Look at her. <laughs> he's biting his nose, so it's fine. <laughs> but yes. Little baby. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Wednesday a great last pick as well. Like I said, totally I wasn't really expecting it. Again, don't know, I was expecting a few little, um, I was expecting you to go to the Lost Boys route or something like that. Was that on your list? No, like, I love, love the Lost Boys, but I just didn't feel that it belonged on this list. Mm-hmm. Like a feel-good film. I suppose it is about family, potentially. <laughs> you, can look at, you can look at it from a, a different different point of view than just vampires, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to get you on to do a horror. I thought that would, I didn't, I knew you picked this one, but I would love to get you on to do a, a horror 
even not just a list but just a talk about it because mm -hmm. i could talk about it forever <laughs> well, we are hoping to do like i say a, a planned one um near halloween where we're going to get a few members on at the same time i don't know how it'll work it'll be interesting <laughs> but uh it'll certainly keep us on our toes but um yeah so that, that's that's our top five picks each uh, how do you guys feel do you, do you feel any you've missed out or any you regrets no, I just feel very warm inside. Literally, I am sweating my tits off. I have a big jumper on. I am really hot. Um, I'm kind of regretting the decision of wearing the big jumper now. And I've got really fleecy slippers on too. Good God. You're in autumn mode. I am. My, it's just a shame my house isn't. It's absolutely boiling. Um, you mentioned Donna that you had a few honourable mentions there. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give them a shout out? Um, it's just I only kept the Breakfast Club on as oh. the honourable. I did um, have uh, this list has changed like so many times. Like I, I was I was tempted to put like thirteen going on thirty on. I was like, mm, I don't know, a little yeah. bit cringy. <laughs> no, I say it's not. Like, say I nearly put uh, what was it? Uh, Ten things I hate about you. I like, say again, I love that film. But I don't think I could talk about it. That's one of the things um, I felt like thinking. I didn't want to put a superhero film, otherwise, like Guardians of the Galaxy could have been on there as well, which I was yeah, expecting. That's true. I was expecting Sam to pick, but. No. <laughs> no, last night. I scribbled it out and switched it out. I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't belong there. But which which, which one? Clerks, Clerks 2. Yeah, just because I, I, I watch it and I laugh so much at it, it makes you feel yeah, good. Yeah. But then oh, I took it off the list. Yeah, I would put Clerks 2 as a feel-good film, just because, yeah. like, say, he gets with, like, say, Rosario Darson at the end. It's a happy ending for uh, Dante and Randall. Oh, no. I keep wanting to call him Gil, but that's his <laughs> character in Mallrats. Oh, <laughs> what, is he a um, donkey show? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was like, like, I kind of really sit and talk about this on a feel-good one, the donkey <laughs> show and that, and I'm like, oh. so I took it off. <laughs> I could have talked about pillow pants. Hello, fans. Oh my god! And the fact that he kept getting Ned and Frank mixed up with Helen Keller—that is absolute genius writing on the behalf of Kevin Smith. That was so funny. And the best, best analogy of Lord of the Rings ever. It's a film about Fulton Walken. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also—they have literally just in the last day wrapped on Clerks Three. Yes. Cannot wait. Cannot I've been wait. Kevin Smith week this week. <laughs> just hope. That, I just go through phases like that just hope they don't fuck up like they did with the reboot but again not going to go into that <laughs> oh my god you didn't like the reboot i love oh. the reboot the best thing in it was ben, ben affleck and he was only in for two minutes oh i'm sorry i really loved it i love the fact that brody was in there i love the fact that he called his daughter uh, the daughter was called millennium falcon mm -hmm. um i love the nod to comic book men that's in there i just mm -hmm. i generally liked it but to be i've said this before on the podcast Kevin Smith could put a turd in front of us and I would think it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> and on that note, we'll wrap up there. So again, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for everyone that's listened. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Donna. I know you were a little bit nervous, but uh, hopefully we made you feel a little bit at ease. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. And also, can I just say a massive thank you for what you do for the Facebook group? I know Paul's mentioned at the beginning, but I just want to pass my thanks on. You keep that group going. Like Every time I see your name come up on my notifications, I'm dying to see what you've just said. Because I know, fine, but you just, you're so engaging. You've just kept the group 
you, you've done what I, what I wanted to get out of this was to take away the toxic environment that comes with the with the nerd community and you are just a, a warrior for it and thank you so much. You don't, you, honestly, you don't have to thank us. It's just like, the, the page is so fun. Like, I like if I'm having a shit deal, just go on and like, let's see what crap people's posting up. It's going to be something funny on here. Just slow down, like, you know, there's going to be something that's going to make you laugh your head off. And it's just, it's just good to have a laugh. Certainly, mm. that, that's and the main thing. I think that's what we wanted out of there. And again, like I say, if, you, if anyone's listening they want to join the Facebook group, it's called Nerdy Up North Community. On Instagram, again, search Nerdy Up North. It's me just basically posting shit that's been posted on the Facebook group. group. Um, yeah, I repost it on mine. <laughs> and also, again, like I say, you can follow us on uh, YouTube. And this will probably be going up in the next day, which just would have been so many videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you see us moving around, Mm. editing <laughs> yes um so and again like i said to search nerdy up north on itunes spotify and amazon music now as well so again you don't have to look yeah. at our lovely faces you can listen to us uh, our lovely uh, singing voices but um, mm -hmm. again massive shout out massive thank you to everyone who's got involved in the group you mean the world to us so thank you very much for letting me hitting that three thousand mark and um like i said hope you enjoyed the episode and come back again same bat time same bat channel and stay nerdy, everyone. We love you 3,000. <laughs> Bye. Bye.